Gentlemen, and welcome to the best movie movies of 2015 on I Like to Movie Movie. My we're name is Garrett. <laughs> My name is Dan, and we're bringing you our tastiest treats from the year 2015. That's right. We're going to be counting down from 10 to count 10 movies to one. All of our favorite movies that you can listen to or you can watch. You listen to us, then you watch them, and they'll become your favorite movies. What do you think of that? I really hope uh, that actually that's how people use this episode. I, I, I would like for our uh, best of the year list to be a list of, hey, you should really go see this if you didn't. And if uh, you have seen it, you should talk about it. Yeah. Uh, tell Get more people to see these movies. Uh, I mean, talk to me about it. Oh, yeah. Because it's the only thing I really know how to talk about with yeah. sort of social regularity. So just bring up a movie. I'm in. Yeah. Tweet us at I like two movie. Uh, and let us I know your thoughts. Uh, Mary Bone Tomahawk to you, ladies and gentlemen. And we Mary are <laughs> Bone Tomahawk to you. We are uh, we're coming to you post Christmas, pre New Year's, uh, to bring you our best movie movies of 2015. And uh, we were just talking right before the show started. And then I was like, we gotta we gotta turn these microphones on and talk about it. What a nerve wracking experience to try and get through December as it's you and I are fun. trying to make these lists. Because you start think you start having thoughts like hey, you were just saying, I gotta see the Revenant. When am I gonna have two and a half hours to see the Revenant? And then you put two and a half hours into it, and you're like, that's not even making my fucking list. <laughs> it's, it's, it is such a crazy time of year for me, especially when I'm trying to watch six fucking Star Wars movies during that month, too, so I can see the seventh one with a full perspective. It's like I have, to, I have to entertain my girlfriend. Yeah. I have to call my mom. Uh-huh. I have to keep up with Supergirl. Sonny's uh, <laughs> about to start. Agent Carter, not going to miss that. I like haven't that- caught up with that Jessica Jones. Then they sneak a making a murder in on me, and it's like, when am I going to have time to care about the people in my life i have to do this and then you throw fucking revenant on me yeah i like that you started with uh and all my shows i have to watch well i gotta entertain my girlfriend to get you like quick stepped in to be like no no no, don't worry ladies that i love in my life i I don't like these things more than you that was the bit that was that was the bit i was doing and uh well and you know there was a point where i was like all right should i get should i see the revenant or or is it? Or should I like buy better gifts for my family? You know, right, like yeah, came down yeah. to that time, and it was like ah. And then people are starting to say like, "Dude, he cuts open a horse." Yeah. And I'm like, "All right, everyone's getting gift cards. Let's do this." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sequence. Ooh, crazy. Not since Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, let's start with I don't know. I think we should jump in. I Unless you got thoughts, this. I have a couple thoughts. Yes. And, um, oh, we should. Br- yeah, you, I have a few caveats. Caveats. To yep. throw out. Caveats are always important before you do this kind of thing. And I'm going to pull this right out of my top ten uh, article that is on Philadelphia.com. Um, the top ten went up today. Come fight with me about it or something. One, it follows a movie that I adore. Yeah. And you know this. It yeah. was on my 2014 list. It's the sole reason it is not on my 2015 list. Yep. Because it's been it's been done. Yep. That would probably be on my list. Fair. Two, the best movie I saw this year was not a movie. It was season two of Fargo. That's all I've been hearing. This list reflects solely how I feel at this very moment. Uh Anyone who has ever put one of these things together understands the pain of omission. And even though I'm limited to 10, believe me when I say that getting the list down to 30 was extremely heartbreaking. (laughs) And finally, to make this an easier task, I followed a very simple criteria. 
The movies that made my list are not necessarily the most perfectly crafted films of the year, but these are the films that stuck with me. The below ten entries made the cut by virtue of the fact that they have not left my mind. These are the films I wrestled with, thought about, and admired long after, long after the credits rolled. For all of the critical discussion I engage in, it really comes down to entertainment value. And if I find myself spending time and energy on a film that I'm not even watching, it ups that entertainment value exponentially. That's where these came from. Caveats. I love it. Uh, mine are simply uh, that there are quite a few movies I haven't gotten to this year yet that I would like to see and I think have the potential to shake up my list. Something That's like, the most stressful yeah. and most universal caveat Absolutely. amongst our types. Uh, Anomalisa. that goes for me, yeah. I have not seen Anomalisa, and I would really like to see Anomalisa. And there's probably 15 other movies, if you gave me the time, I could, I could name for you that I'm I want to see. i about Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I wish I could see that before I, I didn't see Mean Earl and Dying Girl, and I've heard that is one mm. of the year's great movies. You know, So there's a lot of stuff. There are a, a lot of movies I have not had the chance to see. You saw like almost 150 movies this year. 147 movies at this count from 2015. I saw 57, which you'll know if you've listened to our previous best ofs. I think it's a record for me. That's a good uh, one. A pretty good one. And I, I do feel like very confident in my top 10 based on that, at least even that dip in the bucket. You know, I well, think that's a large enough Nothing made it here by, by rule of... Because it's because everything else yeah. sucked, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, which was how how I think 2013 was for my list. I think you had 12. Uh, yeah, I, I had 12 movies. I had 12, so, so it was like the, what two pieces yeah, of shit? Yep, got 11 and it 12. It should have been my top two movies that blew of 2013. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and like the top 10 was like seven movies that rule and yeah. two that like kind of blew, but yeah. I guess were the, they were the best of what's the rest and three that don't blow as hard. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they funny. They blow funny. Yeah. Uh, another caveat that I have for my list uh, is uh, pretty similar to yours. Uh, really, I, I guess I would encompass it by just saying that these are sort of my 10 favorite movies from the year might be the best way to say it. They're, I don't necessarily think... Um, not that they're not the best. They're just... Well, it's th your list. Yeah, it's my list. This is personal oh. to me and what I like about movies. Uh, so there are certain things here that... Um, I don't know. I you know th there might be movies where you could argue the quality uh, is, is better in some regard or whatever, but that's all subjective too. Uh, I, I just this is a very personal list for me, and there are certain I had trouble cutting some things off of this, which we'll talk about afterwards. Some honorable mentions, absolutely. Um, but I had to go with I, I went with things that stuck with me the longest, things that I thought were pretty unique, and things also things that I thought kind of are representative of 2015. Those were sort of the things that I was looking at as I was trying to make the list. So those are my caveats. I'm into it. Uh, should we start with number 10? Number 10. Do you want to go? You want me to go? What do you want to do? Up to you, buddy. I, I don't care. You want to launch? I'm going to do this one because I know you weren't as hot on this one as Please I do. was. And so we'll get it all out of the yeah. way up here. Number 10, Sean Baker's Tangerine. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. The thing with stu that stuck with me, I'm just going to read my article. <laughs> okay. No, I'm going to pull some things from it. Uh, the thing that stuck with me most about Tangerine was the manic energy that permeates the entire film. That I'll agree with. Uh, not the almost documentary look at the lives of trans sex workers, not the star-making performance for two first-time trans actresses, not the bouncing soundtrack, not the masterful editing, not the uniquely hilarious sense of humor, but the energy. Yeah, that, I can agree with you on that. It's got a very It opens energy. up running. Yeah. And it never, ever stops. Nope. And I just... <laughs> Except for my favorite scene in the movie, is the uh, the, the song. Yeah. But That's I, the but only time that, it takes a break. It... You're charging. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, and yes, it was gimmicky that it was shot on, on an iPhone 5. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like an identical looking phone could have been shot with a, an identical looking film could have been shot with something that wasn't a phone. Yeah. You know, they elevated that to, to what it needed to be. And when we look at what happens in streets, we watch it on cell phones. We watch it on mm -hmm. video that is shot on cell phones. So even though they were tricked out, 
he captured some of that that street energy to mm-hmm. it. You know, there's there's a YouTube quality to it. It's the first like post YouTube film like that. <laughs> right, right. We're gonna go there. We're gonna go there. Yeah, I'll take that. It looks beautiful. It looks grimy because from what I understand, uh, uh, L.A. is a pretty grimy place. Yeah, you know, it it's and uh, we're in Philly. There's moments of just just horrifying beauty in this city, and then there's just supreme ugliness, and it's it happens. Yeah. They capture what L- what L.A. is in that sense in this movie so well, and it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas it's movie. It's fucking funny as shit, and it really makes you feel good. At the end, I felt so. I was like, all right, I feel a little hopeful about yeah. some things. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with those last two points, <laughs> but that, that's just me. I know. You thought it was mean. Uh, I Yeah, I think that this... For, so this is just me talking. Mm-hmm. I know I am in the way minority on this, and I am, I am so willing... I would love to hear from uh, uh, the trans community uh, how they feel about this movie because mm. I found it deeply problematic and exploitative. Uh, I don't really... I feel like that's a whole discussion we could have oh, yeah. uh, back and forth. Because I don't... I don't, don't want to get into too much, but I to me, it was... I felt like the... the in the world where some of what the movie is being touted for is uh, representing trans mm. people on the screen... I to me it seemed like a very problematic representation of trans people, um, but I don't know. See, I, I, I could be very wrong about that. For me, I saw it went. This is normal for a lot of people. Uh huh. That's that's the cold hard fact is that th- what's happening on screen is pretty normal for a very large population of people. More people saw that, and more people saw it in the same way that it was like. Oh, they f- they're finding love and joy in this world, but mm-hmm. it's pretty horrifying mm-hmm. by a lot of objective standards. Yes. All for dumb things. Yes. And so that's that's where I think it's it's not exploitative and it's it's more ex- just it's about exposure. Yeah. I but, don't know. You know, we'll have to, we should actually do an episode oh, I, on it. I would do that. I argue this, though. Yeah. You got to watch it on your projector. Yeah. Because the big screen experience for Tangerine really helped for that with okay. me. not for that specific yeah yeah just, yeah it made the movie wash over me in a big way yeah yeah i Andrew. thought the soundtrack was incredible it's incredible i thought the soundtrack was incredible that was my <laughs> favorite so thing about the movie and and this is also on me but i, I found the 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 main character to be almost utterly unwatchable she she was so <laughs> aggravating to me she i i just have never seen a more aggravating person depicted on screen before i think that's i would never want to so spend more than 10 seconds with that person you're having the ben stiller separation where you're like why doesn't he just explain himself uh, it's not that I, I. She is at eleven the entire time, and that's my least favorite kind of person in what the I'm world. Is that like Ben Stiller movies bug a lot of people yeah. like that? And if it's just like, oh man, if you could just, if you could just, you know, get past. I, I'm explaining it poorly. <laughs> She's so fucking aggravating. Yeah, yeah, but it's so fucking funny. Uh, I, I did not find that's that at what all. I'm saying like, there's yeah. a level of funny to aggravating, and I could totally see being yeah. past that. Because I'll watch a Ben Stiller movie sometimes that is hilarious. Yeah. But when it's getting to the point where he just won't explain himself, it's repulsive to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a be- it just doesn't work. Yeah. That's it, the angle I was going. Yeah, the moment she came on there, screen, I was like, oh, this is frustrating. And then it <laughs> never stopped. And I was like, this is a nightmare. This is my nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare life she's got to live. Yeah, uh, listen. I, but I, a man yeah. sleeping with fish. <laughs> I, d- I don't disagree with that. But I, to, to me, and I, again, this could be a really ignorant opinion, and I, I'm aware of that. The fact that that movie... Okay, I don't know anything about the trans community. Mm. I don't know anything about uh, the prostitute community. I don't know anything about either of those communities. Uh, I can tell you that what I saw on Tangerine is exactly what I imagine both of those communities to be. And I feel like that means it can't be actually terribly accurate. 
if my stereotype of both of those communities yeah, is yeah, what's yeah. represented on that screen, I don't know how truly accurate it can be. Mm-hmm. But that could be totally ignorant because that what I'm saying is I'm ignorant about both of those things. So yeah. that could be a very ignorant opinion too. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I found it deeply problematic, but... It's a perspective that I feel like absolutely must exist when a movie like this comes out. Yeah. You know, it's... I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I just, I guess I'm just not there. I love it listen, too much. you are it's in the majority. I know <laughs> I'm in the minority here. I totally know it. Uh, and I'm willing to admit ignorance uh, that might be the reason for that. Uh, but... Uh, I'm also unwilling to just be like, well, I like it, so that people yeah. like agree with me. You know exactly, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it rocked me. Uh, fair number, enough, man. Your number ten. It's my number ten. My number ten was a uh, spy. Uh, now wow. this. That's that's I haven't seen that one. This was going to not make my list. Uh, I had a different comedy on this list that we'll we'll talk about uh, as an honorable mention. And I ultimately decided this more deserved to be on my list because I actually think this is an important movie. This is not just a funny movie, which it is very funny. Um, it's a great movie about women. Um, the I two were like we can broaden Jason Statham. No, no, no. Jason Statham's <laughs> amazing in it. He's so funny in it. Uh, Jude Law is great in it. Really funny in it. But Melissa McCarthy is awesome in this movie, and she's been awesome in a lot of movies. But even in her own movies, when I say her own movies, I mean literally her own movie, Tammy, that she wrote herself, her mm. husband directed, she produced, I think. She plays, like, fat slop. That is... <laughs> what if she didn't mean to do that? What if Tammy's just her life? I mean... <laughs> what if it's documentary? It's, listen, that's possible, but it seems to me her her taste is, is to that part of her comedic persona. Mm. Uh, the fact that she made her own movie that depicts her also as fat slob uh, says to me that might be a little bit to her taste or at least where she sees herself being funniest or something. This movie is all about how that's how the world sees her, but she's way more capable than that, uh, and no one gives her credit for it. And that's it's awesome. awesome. Uh, it's so tonight. <laughs> it is so so good. I'm telling you, it's great. It's really funny. It's uh, it, I think it's a great story about women. Rose Byrne is sort of the other main actress in the movie, and the two of them face off a lot. Uh, but in facing off, pass the Bechdel test over and over. They talk about tons of shit that has nothing to do with men. It's it's great. It's really funny. I think it's a great representation of women. It's uh, it's also you know about a depiction of women we don't see enough, which is just larger women. You know, uh, there's a whole sequence in the movie where she is sexy as hell, uh, and the and <laughs> I, I've been trying to find an excuse to find her sexy she, for a long dude, time. Oh, that sounds dude. awful, but like she is attractive in that way. She's but so attractive. Yeah. I, I think so. And there's a great scene in this movie where they try and put her in another fucking cat lady costume, and she's tired of it, so she buys her own fucking dress and walks into this party. And she is drop dead gorgeous. Right on, she, it, dude. This movie's killer. You got to see this movie. I loved it. I want more people to see it. it. It, and I think that this was a great year for women in movies. That's a theme and, that's and running through yes. this whole entire list. Yep, and that that was why that was how it ended up as my number ten, as opposed to some other comedies this year. That's Spy. Oh, spy. I. I, I makes me more excited for Paul Feig's Ghostbusters. All right. Well, here we go. We'll continue with that exact same theme. Please At do. Number nine. I saw this movie. I saw just recently. Yes. And it's the it's the fucking best. Yeah, and it it got it jumped on my list right when I had it all locked, but I ran s- straight in the face to Carol. Carol, you were telling me how much awesome. you loved this. Oh my goodness! This it's, this is one of those movies. that Seems like it's not my kind of movie, but hit me with it. That's exactly my thought. I was like, yeah. all right, Carol's playing. Let's watch some Carol. It'll be homework 
from moment one, I was seduced. Really? It's there's the, something just about the score, the tone, the color just draws you in. It's 1950s America. Okay. So I, I'm thinking Back to the Future. Yep. But Back to the Future, of course, is the more yeah. you know, Leave It to Beaver yes, style. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's it's what was depicted on television in the 50s. Yeah. This feels real. Okay. And real in a way because the 50s, that, as we know them, are that and Happy Days, which yeah. is another cartoony version. That's sure. what I know the 50s was. Yeah. My parents were under 10 in the 50s. Mm-hmm. I can't really ask them about it. Yeah. I, I have no reliable sources on that's, the 50s. That's true. That's tr- yeah. what I'm trying to yeah. say. Because Nana, who might be able to help, that shit's gone. Yeah, sh- so she can't. She doesn't, she doesn't have the 50s anymore. Yeah. My <laughs> 50s are, and hers are probably going to be remembered much like mine, yeah. but much more racist. Because <laughs> uh, that's Nana. <laughs> And uh, but Carol was the 1950s. Yep. Two secretly kind of lesbian lovers. Sure. Who, one is like leaving her marriage totally, totally committed, but knows she's got to be like, you know, but it's Kate Blanchett, so she's doing 110. Yeah, percent yeah. So darling, this and darling mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I love Kate Because that's Blanchett. the way she was playing a character of a woman of the 50s. Oh, that makes sense. And yeah. Hiding behind that yeah, because yeah. she just. Is a homosexual. Yeah, runs into Rooney Mara, who's like, "Am I like?" Oh, I didn't realize she was the other actress in it. Okay, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, and she and she's good. Oh, she's heartbreaking. Yeah, but she has a uh, weird. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> like, I'm I'm trying so hard not to sexualize it in a way yeah. that is inappropriate to the artistical discussion of this movie. But I think I must say that it's a little bit hot. Ooh. it's a little bit hot. It's it's they're you know I think that's what's so. Uh, seductive about it is that yeah. you are rooting for this romance and not because you you want to see it but you act, you feel like they're falling in love it's a believable romance kind mm-hmm. of thing but it's in the 50s and it's repressed and Rooney Mara's character she knows she's a lesbian but she like also has kind of a man in her life because it's just that's that's what you do after high school you go to college mm-hmm. then you get a wife you do this, yeah. that kind of thing I just looked it's this up. This cool is the thing. same director as Far From Heaven. Far From Heaven, which, and uh, I'm not there. Right, which I've not seen. Uh, this is I've much more Far From Heaven. Yeah, well, in that movie I've seen and loved, and that is just like this movie, a movie that I was like, what? Why would I watch that? And then it was fantastic. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. And Kyle Chandler that rules makes me, Oh, he's in this? Oh, he's, he's awesome. I, dude, he's I... He's Kate Blanchett's estranged husband. Ooh, you kind of have sold me on this. I think I will see this movie. Good. Yeah. And it, it's got a great bookend where it opens with this one thing that, that seems one way, and it closes with another thing. You're like, And it's not like a twist, but you're like, now I know more. Yeah. What a great completion. Of, it's... Whew, oh, cool. It was good. That I was sounds freaking good. out watching it. That, I couldn't I, that sounds it. really good. Minutes in, I was drawn in. Uh, I will totally watch that movie. What are my? Uh, what is my other note here that I said? Oh, yeah. Get hit. Oh, and it came into... They had a, a very troubled production. Oh. It took forever with just any sort of money delays. Sure. It came out. It's awesome. It's a, kind of a masterpiece. Is it... Uh, um, I remember... No, I saw Far From Heaven a long time ago. But um, I remember that movie having like a really, really beautiful and... Like oversaturated color palette is mm-hmm. it? Does it is it a similar look it's or like feel? A little bit like it's a little bit oversaturated yeah. for certain things. Yeah, they make Kate Blanchett kind of glow. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But uh, I think she just does like that. Glow. But yeah, she's just she's, yeah. she's, yeah. she's radiant. Yeah, that she's the only woman on the planet that I would say is positively radiant. Yeah, that's horrible to say that about all the other ladies. But <laughs> she uh, listen, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> she is radiant yeah. in a big way. She uh, she glows like the sun. She glows like the sun. She when she Does was a baby, glow? she played the sun in in uh, Teletubbies. I thought you were going to say Empire the, of the, the Sun. The, no, no, no. <laughs> you know the Teletubbies baby. That's baby Kate Blanchett. Those oh. are really old tapes. Oh, long time ago in England, mm-hmm. and that's why she's so radiant. You know this. <laughs> These are facts. It's on Wikipedia. Oh. But, uh, 
the one thing that I mentioned about it is the one villainous character behaves villainously. Yeah. And it's it's monstrous by our standards. Yeah. But you're watching it and you're like, this guy, I feel so bad for him because he's just, that's the way he's got to be too. Re- oh, you know, interesting. Like he's got, of course, he's, you know, putting pressure on or using the kids, you know. Yeah, you know. yeah. Of course, there's, a, there's just this. Because of the expectations he has to he live has, within. Yeah, because it's even like, you know, okay, you're hooking up with this girl, but you're my wife, you know, yeah. but he's also going through a divorce, so he's broken. Yeah. And it's the 50s where no one's really allowed to talk to anybody about anything openly. Yeah. It's it's horrifying. It's it's like a romantic thriller in a strange way. I don't huh. Know. I'll stop. We're that's it. No, that's night. interesting. Carol I, I, is great. That sounds fascinating. Floored by Carol, you guys. Floored. I would love to see it. Carol. Uh, number nine for me is uh, Ridley Scott's The Martian. Oh, that was the most heartbreaking cut. I'm dude. sure it was. The, oh, I, I, I thought about cutting this myself, but here's why I left it on. Because right. I, I, this is another one where I think this is an important movie of 2015. Oh, totally. Uh, yep. I, oh, I want to change my list. We, we talked about this last year. Remember, remember, remember last year? No resolve. <laughs> remember I'm no la- Mark Watney. <laughs> Remember last year, uh, uh, one of the things I talked about a lot about 2014 was one of the big themes in 2014 was was the title of Transformers, The Age of Extinction. Mm-hmm. A lot of 2014's movies were about like, we've fucked it. we got to get off this rock. Mm-hmm. We, we've completely destroyed it, and there's no going back. There's no hope. we got to get out of here. That was what a lot of movies were about in 2014. In 2015, we got... Two movies that were actually about hope and what humanity can do and accomplish and overcome when we set ourselves to task. Mm. One of them was Tomorrowland, yep. uh, which I'm giggling at for a reason. The other one is The Martian, which is just a fantastic story of pure hope. It, it is purely a story of hope. It, it is a story of human determination and, and setting yourself to a task and saying, okay, I am scared. I am terrified. Swallow it. And what is the first problem? Let's tackle that, and let's see where we can go from there. Let's stop deciding that that uh, death, that just death, is a foregone conclusion, and see what we could just start with step one. How do we get out of this and go from there? Mm-hmm. Let's just see how far we can get. Let's see what we can do about our survival. That's what that movie's about, and it is it. it it does that in such a beautiful way, I think, because it's funny. Be such a nerd, you should definitely read the book. Yeah, I, I still think it'll. After seeing the movie, yeah. I think it'll be just as an incredible experience. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I would love to read the book because I thought the movie was great. It's funny. It's got an amazing lead performance from Matt Damon, uh, Ridley and Scott, amazing side performances from lead actors. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. The whole cast is fantastic. Uh, uh, Ridley Scott does some of the best work he's done in years. I love Prometheus, but I know I'm in the m- minority on that. I did too, but this had the same sort of like. Yes, he knows what he's doing. Visually, especially regarding space shit. Yeah, I, I, he. I think he took what he learned from making a modern space movie in Prometheus and applied it to what is ostensibly a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, there's all this stuff about like international politics and 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 um, uh, what's the word I want to use? International politics working together successfully. Intellectually, clear-headedly, for a common goal that is absolutely illogical, but purely good. Yes. And, like, what do you do when They're it's doing time to the save right the thing. hero? You know, the, the hero's up there. Yeah. We gotta save him. Yeah. And it's and that's such a crazy thing. Oh, 
It's it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's it's it, inspiring. It, in the same way that it's about international politics, where it's actually them coming together and realizing there's something to fight for beyond the actual politics. Uh, you you there's a whole subplot about like I'm trying to figure out the word for this. It's not marketing. That's not what I mean. Advertise. That's not what I mean either. Connectivity. Yeah, it, connectivity and and public perception and 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 actually kind of the whole idea of like our corporations, people, and that kind of stuff. It it. it it addresses all of these weird concerns we've had in in this decade in a really powerful human way by just saying, don't fucking forget, we're all humans, and it connects mm. us all. That's truly the thing that connects us all. Uh, and we can use our humanity to our advantage. The fact that we are thinking, feeling creatures should help us to overcome even the greatest odds. It's what makes us, I don't want to say, I mean, just better at staying alive than all the other animals. Right. Is that we can communicate yes. best? Yes, we can work together yes. best. Yeah, we're actually, not the biggest. You're right. Communication is a strongest. huge part of that movie. It's a hundred percent the part yeah. of the movie. He's got to figure out how to talk to them. Yeah. they've got to figure out how to yep. talk to him. It's it's crazy. And his first problem is just he's going to have to figure out how to stay alive for however many years. Yeah. And then it slowly turns into him being able to like. It's great to see it working. It's yeah. the most cinematic episode of Mythbusters you will ever see. Oh, I wrote my review, and it's a weird thing to say about movies, but one of my favorite things in movies is process. I don't know why, but I love watching That's process. Why police procedurals yeah. are so damn satisfying. I-, I love watching process, and film is is so uniquely fit for depicting process because mm-hmm. you can show me just little pieces of the process to illustrate this whole big long thing you show me moving it, pictures in I know a compact period of time and this movie is all about process but in it turns math into an action movie mm-hmm. uh that's the other thing that i think is is phenomenal about this movie if i were 11 years old right now and i saw this movie i truly believe i'd want to be a scientist or a mathematician or a physicist and i think that we need more Things like this to inspire young people to do those things. One, because those are the fucking jobs of the future. And two, because we need more people that excel at those things to keep pushing forward into the future. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was inspiring and just lovely. It's, it's a great film. I want to put it back on my list. <laughs> it's, it's a great film. It's a testament what, what The Martian did to me. Midway through that movie, I'm like sitting there being floored by it. Yeah. I lost a filling. Oh, man. A filling I just got. A yeah. filling I just paid for. And I was like, ah, how am I going to pay? Luckily, my dentist is awesome. She didn't pay for it. She was like, yeah, I got this done recently. And, Rad. And, and uh, so that was, you know, they were cool. Yeah. But uh, I lost the the filling. Yeah. And so that's a new process opened up in my life. Like, yep. yeah, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. But sometime at lunch, I've got to yep. make an appointment for this damn tooth thing to come back. I do that, you know, all this stuff. Got to figure out a way to pay for it. So I'm arranging all yep. these finances. But it really was like I knew that happened when the filling fell out, and normal Dan would would be like, "Well, fuck this!" And yeah, I'd check yeah. out of the movie and be pissed for the next week, but even Mark two weeks Watney after Dan. Fixed. But Mark Watney Dan <laughs> was just like, "All right, well, tomorrow I'm going to get up to work, yep. and when I get to lunch, we'll do it." Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was uh, solved that first problem. Th- I solved the first problem, and it turned out to be the most painless. Yep. Pointless for worry experience. Everyone else made it so easy for me, uh-huh. and it was all because of Mark Watney. Yeah. He's like a, weeks at work when work would pile up. Yeah. I'd be like, "Well, let's start at the top." Yeah, <laughs> fantastic new film character too. I think, oh, like yeah. one that will live on. I think some somebody that you know, a film character that will will go down in history. Mark I think. Watney. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. so good. It, powerful movie. I, I really, really enjoyed it and recommend it. What the fuck number are we on? We are on number eight. Number eight. Oh God damn it! This movie floored me the moment I saw it. I've watched yep. it three times now, Ooh. and it kills me. The Duke of Burgundy. Oh, okay. Movies I would love to talk about this movie. Can't be this good. They can't. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. 
it's it's sexy. It's very funny. Yeah. That came on at the second viewing. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange. Uh-huh. The world, I have so many questions about. It's Th- some weird no compound of only women who study butterflies once a week. Yep. And in the winter, it's going to close. Yep. And, but at the same time, at, at their homes, there's a woman who sells sex toys door to door. Yep. I'm not going to go in much further than that. It's like a soft core porn, but that's a reduction. That's completely a reduction yeah. because there's not much that's pornographic. No. Nothing reaches it. Nothing really reaches in the level of pornographic. It's well, that's why I say soft core because soft core. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's uh, very sensual. It's very sensual. It's beautiful. The oh, yeah. sound editing is oh, the most incredible. insane thing in the world. Yeah. The the vision of it is beautiful. It's yes. old style Hollywood made by a European. Yep. Uh, it it just looks like it. And then we have these two like not classic beauties, gorgeous. Yep. Uh, uh, complete strangers to me. Uh, French actors, I believe they're French. French actresses, so. yeah. and uh, maybe they're Polish. I don't know. Whatever it they're is, speaking I French, I believe. they are speaking French, and uh, they just put on this crazy, nuanced performance of a relatable yet weird romance. Yeah, it's awesome. You just I, you just swim in it. I liked this movie for humanizing kink. I thought that was mm-hmm. like a, a very interesting thing for it to do, and I, I like that. I like the idea that it's like listen. Everybody likes their own stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, they're not that different from you. That's a lot of what this movie was about for me was was mm. looking at these. That's definitely a lot of it. You know, looking at these relationships is like that's weird, but it's only weird by our standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reality, it's not that weird. It's pretty. It, they go through the same things that we go through. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that was why this movie I didn't think was one of the year's best uh, because I feel like I've seen this movie a hundred times. I've just never seen it with kinky lesbians. You should watch it a few more times. It, I think it's something you'll grow to appreciate just on an artistic level. It might. I might. This is a film. Go watch Barbarian Sound Studio. Yeah. And then with Peter Strickland's first, or probably first film. Um, then watch this. Yeah. And you'll see, you know, it was like watching, in a weird way, it's like watching David Fincher come out of Alien 3 to do all this stuff that is like artistically significant. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the indie filmmaker was making... Uh, Barbarian Sound Studio, but the like the artist is making Duke of Burgundy, and it just oh, works I, for me. It I don't disagree so with hard. the the actually the art direction. I think is the best thing about the movie. I, I mean, just the from a story point, uh, it, it was just like yeah, I've I've seen this relationship drama before. It's mm. the same as every other relationship drama I've ever seen. Uh, but then it's not minus the kinky because lesbians. it's by kinky lesbians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird sex compound. Yeah. If that's what it is, yes. Uh, it, it is a very, u- I, I will say it's a unique vision of that. It just, to me, it was like, yeah, okay. But do you have anything interesting to say or are we just, we're doing this story again? This is my, this is my, uh, I'm going to pull a quote from my review here. I said that uh, the film is hypnotic at every turn and despite its modern subject matter, it feels like a throwback to old Hollywood. I've watched this movie three times and each time a new layer reveals itself. This is a filmmaker blossoming into a master right in front of our very eyes. Any single frame from the film could be a poster for it. That's totally true. It's awesome. I love the the choice of just like, hey, we all research butterflies. No explanation for it. That's just what we do in this world. I think that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Watch it again. It, I, the second time you watch it, it's very funny. I thought it was funny. It, uh, I, I did it, think it was it, really it funny. It grows into some funny uh, stuff. And I actually, one of the things I like about the storytelling in it is the repetition of the storytelling. Mm. So that it's like, first you're watching it and you're like, what the fuck is going on? 
and then it essentially repeats a lot of the same beats. Oh, the whole movie is a, a Russian doll kind of thing. Yes, where it, just works it does its it way three middle, times, yeah. I think, essentially. Mm. And every time you go through it, it gets funnier because you realize what's you kind of realize what's happening and what actually mm. is being depicted. Uh, which I so I I saw the humor. I, I imagine it would be funnier to me the a second, second time. time. Is funnier yeah, with a little I, bit I think more so. Yeah. Another one I got to say, that and Tangerine, I think you should give another shot. I And I do plan to give Tangerine another shot, but mostly because everybody seems to love it except me, so I feel so like I got to be missing something. Project it, though. Get it big. Yeah, I will. Get I will. Uh, so my number eight is Creed. Oh, right on. Uh, just um, one of the most cinematic theatrical movies of the year, I think. It, it, I think we're going to be getting into this one a little bit later. That, okay, well, then we'll do that. I'll, I'll give a brief thought, and then we'll, we'll yeah. launch into it. I just, this... To me, something that uh, I don't think we see enough in movies anymore. It's going to sound strange because everything's like a blockbuster now, basically. Mm. But is actual like entertainment value? Yeah. Like, like this movie is entertaining as hell in the way everything that was made in like the '40s and '50s was entertaining. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, mean I think that's what what. Rocky works on it almost it 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 feels like like the character of Rocky has gone through this cinematic workout yeah. you know holy shit he won big with Rocky yeah. one he won uh, the academy award you know i would almost just, say you we, could we rode that wave with it as it fizzled as it shined yeah. it has like all these peaks it's so iconic he put the work in now now it's like i would almost say creed is the most movie movie of the year I could I could argue that. Does that make sense? I mean, it's as we've loosely movie defined movie. the term movie movie before. It's the movie that that moved me more than but, any other. It's not it's not my number one. I'll tell you that. But right. it moved me more than anything. I, and if I you just, present my list to me in front of me and ask me which one I want to watch now, right yeah. now, yeah, it'll most likely be Creed. Yeah, yeah. That we'll we'll talk more movie. about it when we get up your list. Oh. But I I just it's it's great. Blockbusters can be good. And guess what? It wasn't even paid for like a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that movie's budget was like $30 million. Talent do come cheap. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And that's another one where you're watching a director just just rock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. We're on seven? We're on seven. All right, I'm hoping that we hit one. I'm thinking maybe we'll hit one on the same one. I'm throwing it out there. Ex Machina. It's further up my list. All right. Ex Machina. Uh, this year we watched the explosive rise of three incredible actors. Oscar Isaac, Alicia Vikander, and I just want to call him Domino Rally Gleason. <laughs> Remember Domino Rally? That's the name that he's become. <laughs> All of whom did their finest work of the year in Alex Garland's directorial debut. Um, one other thing I wanted to get out of here. It's, by the way, I figured out how to pronounce his name. It's Donal. 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 Donal Gleason. Dom- like I said, Domino Rally Gleason. Yeah. Um, As the gap between biology and technology grows smaller and smaller with each passing day, Ex Machina asks all of the right questions. Perhaps the most incredible feat outside of Garland's brilliant visual aesthetic is that in order to have any of the many conversations resultant from the film's handling of technological sentience, it had to pass its own Turing test. And it did so with flying colors. Is Ava conscious? I don't know. But she could be. Yeah. It's an impossible sell and we bought it. Yeah. I will. I I'll give my thoughts on it when we get to it on my list. But it, it is up there on my list. I loved this movie. I'll leave it at that. I loved this movie. Uh, okay, so my number That's seven. The picture I chose for in my review. Oh yeah, I actually <laughs> I played the dancing clip for some friends of mine. I was like, nice. I was like, you guys got to see this movie. They were like, what is it? I was like, watch this scene. And Did it sell them? Oh, they were like. I had no idea what this movie was, and now I have less of an idea. I was like, I know, right? You got to see it. <laughs> you got to find out. Yeah, I've seen it three times now. 
And I have no idea what it was. <laughs> still working on it. Uh, but that's why, like, when I say my list of things that have staying power, I we could do th- five hours on Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. And then we could walk to go see Ex Machina and still talk about it the oh, whole yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. entertainment value out the ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. You it's, could hate this movie and it'll give you entertainment value. It's very good. I, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, my... Number seven, I'm, well, I might just do a flexing on my list real quick as we talk here. I think I am. Okay, so my number seven is It Follows, Ooh, uh, right which on. you gave your thoughts on last year. Uh, Greatest fucking thing I've seen it, in ages. It's it's just so good. It, uh, uh, I finally saw Nightmare on Elm Street this year as well. Very reminiscent of a Nightmare on Elm Street without being anything like it, really. Uh, mm. it, it just it has this feel to it. It, it. I guess, you know, it's about teenagers in suburbia, kind of. Um, but it, it, it's, um, it is an exceptional horror movie i think because it totally functions as a horror movie it is very frightening i think uh moment to moment it can be very scary it can be very tense uh but it re as a metaphor it really works and i think mm. that's when horror is working at its best for me is when there is something that is sort of there's something trying to be said other than woohoo look how scary this is mm-hmm. you know it's trying to do something other than scare me and it follows scared me in a very beautiful way. I mean, it's a gorgeous movie too, but it really has interesting. Th- I, it has sat with me all year. It, it has. So, we did a whole episode about it. If you really want to hear so our thoughts, you can good. you can listen to our episode on it with uh, Shoestring Gold Films. Uh, it's it's so fucking good, and the metaphor is so strong to me. It's just about a fear of death. Like at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about growing up. Yep. Uh, when we had Brandon Gorin on the show before, yes. he referenced that Halloween was to quote him. I believe Halloween's fucking classy. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen a horror movie that was as fucking classy. And what I mean by classy is like in a sea of teenagers getting cut up, John Carpenter produced something real and scary and classy. It was just, that's, you know, I'm going to recommend Halloween to a different person than who I'm going to recommend, you know, Friday the 13th. I was going to say, even Friday the 13th. The same exact kind of movie. Same template. But he just did it with class. Yeah. And it happened again with It Follows. I firmly believe that. I, I would totally agree with you. I I don't think I need to say too much about this movie because, like I said, you can go listen to our episode on it, I mm-hmm. think, if you really want to hear our full thoughts. But uh, it, it is an exceptional horror film and I think one of the most exceptional films of the year in general. Uh, and I, I really look forward to seeing more of that guy's work. I, th- I think he is a, gr- a strong, growing filmmaker. Uh, right on. Yeah. I would like to... So that puts us at number six. Number six, Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Look for it later on my list. All right, I'm going to read a little blurb here. I hope you don't mind that I'm doing this. All my thoughts went well into these, so they're easier to read. Um, When everyone inevitably asks how Mad Max did not make my list, (laughs) I'm going to have to say that half of my answer is Bone Tomahawk. Um, as far as tales of toxic masculinity go, Bone Tomahawk says it all. Moreover, yeah. it's an exciting genre mashup of Western and horror. Not since The Descent have I felt so gruesomely on edge for such a prolonged period of time. It's a great Good story, point. told well. It's tense, it's fun, it's narratively rich in both theme and character. And while it condemns toxic masculinity, it doesn't vilify masculinity as a whole. Much like Fury Road, the idea that connection trumps division at every turn and that wisdom comes with experience. This is the best script of the year, hands down, and Yo, it features no a career-best performance from an almost unrecognizable Richard Jenkins. Hell yes. He's the dim-witted moral anchor of the film, and his performance is touching and oftentimes laugh-out-loud funny. The combination of Kurt Russell, a cowboy hat, and a baller mustache never, ever 
fails. So I agree. Can so. we? I, I would like to say right now, Richard Jenkins deserves the supporting actor Oscar, the supporting actress Oscar, the best actor Oscar, he like best director. <laughs> my heart. To me, it's like no question, hands down, this year he deserves that best supporting Oscar. I don't know that he's going to get nominated necessarily, but he deserves to win that Oscar. He was phenomenal. We in should that start movie. a hashtag to like a four year consideration. Oh, yes. And just do that. Okay. Yeah. Wait, what would that hashtag be? Let's write okay. it down. Yeah. Uh, so is it hashtag... Uh, uh, oh, God. That would be such a should, long... I don't think we should uh, mention Richard Jenkins. We should mention the character's name. Oh, Always uh, tweet it with a photo. Yeah, yeah. And what's his name? Oh, I can get it in a second. Oh, oh, because uh, he's the old man, uh, cowboy river. Well, he's the he's the duly appointed uh, deputy of the sheriff, right? Is it, uh, and he's got a cool little nickname. It's like Scruggs or something like that. Chicory, Chicory, that's it. His chicory. name's Chicory. Yeah. So hashtag would be consider Chicory. Yeah, consider Chicory. Uh, hashtag consider. Write chicory. that down, my man. C H I C O R Y. Hashtag. And it'll and then we can put up memes. Uh, for your consideration with lovely oh, screenshots yes, of Chicory. From, and of some Chicory of his amazing quotes. It, oh, they're so amazing. I, can I tell? Uh, well, we'll get to it. When we, I, we're going to get Let's to it on my the, list. If we're going to do it deeper in your but list. But remind me, I would love to talk just some fucking excellent scenes and quotes from that movie. Um, you have anything more you want to say on it, or we'll just talk more when we get to it on on, uh, on my list? Um, I lost my note. There it is. I think, uh, no, I think I said it all. Cool. That that derailed half of of uh, Mad Max yeah. because I think Mad Max told the exact same theme of of toxic masculinity sure. in an equally effective way, but with a distinct lack of Kurt Russell uh-huh. in a cowboy hat uh-huh. with a baller mustache. Uh-huh. I love that. <laughs> you can't beat it. I, listen, I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with you. Uh, my number six. That's what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you saw this movie this year. I kind of doubt it's on your list. The Final Girls. I really considered it. I I'm glad it's on there. It's not on mine. Love this movie, and I know this is gonna sound strange, but it's not the only time you're gonna hear this on my list. Boy, did this movie make me cry! And that is not a requirement to make my list, but it sure fucking helps. Uh, if you can move me in a movie that is fucking. Like uh, uh, a last action hero meets Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, like that's probably the best way to put it. That's what it is. It's last action yeah. hero meets Friday the Thirteenth, which sounds ridiculous, and it is, and it made me ball like a baby, and it made you laugh, and, like a lot. Uh, and it's got like I'm pretty sure like special effects that were just done in like After Effects. Like I there I don't think that they were done with any like they really look like pretty basic things to me. But they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're like, they fit so well in the frame. The movie is done just right that they all work within the context of the movie. It's, I loved this movie. It's crazy to take all of the tropes of a horror movie. Yes. And then actually, because like, in a horror movie, it just works to serve a horror movie. Of course. They managed to take all those tropes and work it into, you know, character work. Oh, yeah. Because that, know, I like, mean. They're, they're used as tools to develop everyone else's character. The, yes. These people trapped in this and, movie. And to wild. tell a very, very emotional mother-daughter story. And mm. that's a thing that I don't see all that often. I feel like, or maybe it's just because I don't gravitate towards them. But I, I feel like we see a lot of father-son stories. That's something that we get a lot of in film. Um, and this is a mother-daughter story. And it's really powerful. It's, it's, uh the the fact that it uses this sort of bizarre premise that is almost forced uh but w- works within the context of the movie 
to tell a story about a daughter getting to reconnect with her mother in a big bad way. Uh, but then also like have the mother be able to learn things from her daughter because of the setup. It was just, it was beautiful to me. I thought it was like a really, really interesting character piece set within a silly, you know, Shaun of the Dead style, just like, hey, these are all the tropes of horror, uh, of slasher movies, and we're going to have fun putting them in a blender and making a little bit of fun of them and putting an elbow into them. But it uses, like you said, all of those things to tell a much more interesting story about these two women, I think. And again, another great movie about women this year, I think, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because the final girl used to be a thing that was like... Yes. Silly. Yes. You know, so, like, guess what, ladies? You reclaimed the final girl. Well, with and the I, final girls, it's back. And I do it's think it'll be useful in a better way. I do think the final girl has become a powerful conversation piece within the sort of feminist uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, because it's become a representation of depictions of women. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. You've reclaimed the final yeah. girl. It's no longer that. Right. If you see a movie like this. Yes. It's uh, yeah. In, in much the way, your next does a similar thing. Absolutely. Uh, the final girls does a, does a similar thing with the concept, but uh, different. It, it just. It, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 taking a, a similar sort of stance on what the final girl is and means. Uh, I, I loved this movie. I, I really, and part of the reason it's on my list and so high on my list is it stands out to me as something very unique uh, mm. a, amongst everything that came out this year. Uh, I think it's worth seeing and people tracking down to try and see. That thing that Final Girls is trying to do, so many stupid comedies have tried to do. It, yes. And some were fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This one's really good. It's really good. It's really good. And it's still a f- like a really funny movie too. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, like don't Maylin let... Ackerman's fucking good. Oh, she's great. She doesn't in this get movie. credit. She's I did awesome. not like her previous to seeing this movie. You're so I... rock of ages, bro. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I loved her in this. She is fantastic in this movie. She really is. And uh, who did you tell me the main girl is? Whose daughter is it? Uh, Vera Farmiga's sister. 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 Uh, she's fantastic. Oh. Uh, really, really great. Uh, anyway, it, it's fantastic. People should see it. I second that. Yeah. Considered it for my list. Didn't make it. I don't even know if I remember to put it in the honorable mentions. Ooh. All right, this one. I know you haven't seen this Number one yet. Number five. We talked about it. Number five for me was Anomalisa. Oh, yes. Please hit me um, with it. Sell me on it some more, Dan. It's uh, it, it's it's an easy sell. <laughs> I think people will, though, have mixed reactions because it has a strange perspective regarding fidelity. But there's no endorsement or condemnation, just honesty. It's a simple story, certainly Kaufman's most straightforward, but it's as human as we've come to expect, maybe more so than his other work. It's an extremely, extremely adult film, Mm. and it works as a tool to sneak some very adult, like grown-up themes past our guard, but it also makes it, there's like a magical realism aspect there. Of course, it's, I don't know if it's like magical realism or, you know, a psychosis med induced dream but whatever it is <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's there um, not in the in the context of the movie um i heard so some... I mean, it's uh it... here's the line here's here's the here's the box line right here as subdued as it is as it is madcap as sanitized as it is raw <laughs> this is the type of film that begs to be watched again and again baby i'm making <laughs> sweet love to it tonight but uh I, I it's heard... wild and it has one of the most interesting sex scenes i've ever seen Ooh. Perhaps in all of cinema, and I mean that because it's it's not hot or anything, right? But it's real sex depicted right in stop motion puppet animation. <laughs> I didn't think that's something I could ever see, would yeah. ever see, or would ever be moved by in an emotional way. Yeah, it's awesome. Interesting. It's in the fa- they. I think they said they spent like six months for a second of film. Whoa! So it took like. You know, for or some or for a minute, or yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. Some some ridiculous rate. That's crazy. And for them to make this tender, touching, 
touching. <laughs> it's it's our it's beautiful. That patience is is insane to me, and it's uh, very funny. It's just it's cool. I forget who I heard review it this way. It might have been on Film Spotting, uh, but I thought it was a great like sort of one sentence review that got me really interested. Uh, they said it's about the inescapability of madness. I mean, is that something that registers with you, having I seen think the a movie? a little bit, um, and I think the madness it's referring to is the madness that just comes to us as we get older. Right, yeah. That, it's yeah. the madness that we, we learn how to cope with every day. Yeah. I'm going to kill somebody, you guys. No, um, <laughs> the, uh, it's like, you know, but just as you get older, like when you're a little kid, you have a huge heart, and you're this tiny little thing, yeah. and then as responsibilities kick in and things that you need to do to pitch in and, and just exist in your life starts to happen, your heart shrinks a little bit, yeah. and you get a little madder, and it's okay. And it's it is like that in that sense. Yeah, I I don't think of it as a descent into madness. Right, I don't know if that's I what he was implying. In like the Terry Gilliam kind of yeah. way, where it's like, isn't aging kind of wonderful because we get to go a little mad? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but it's not even about that type of mental decline. But it's no, no, yeah, I don't think that's what he meant is. by madness. But I, I thought that was an interesting sort of. Um, I would agree. It was an interesting sell to me. I, I'm curious about it. You've talked me into it more so than I already was. It's uh, good, and it's really cool to look at. It's ah, a lot dude, of fun. I love animation. It's something that has been a cool big part thing. of my life. And I, He and Anomalisa have voices. Everyone else is voiced by Tom Noonan. Oh, Not cool. doing a voice. Cool. Tom Noonan's just talking right. like Tom Newman, Noonan, it, no matter who he's talking to. Wow, interesting. But him and Anomalisa have voices. Right, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's good stuff. Yeah. I think you got a sneak peek at my next movie. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, okay, so I, did I had the most telling picture. No. Uh, a little, my little next movie. Anomalies uh, right there. It's crazy shit. Oh, cool. He's I, running across desks. I got to see it. Man. Uh, my number five. I'm going to throw it out there. It, it's directed by Charlie Kaufman. But it's also directed by Duke Johnson. Yes. Who is a prominent animator with things like Moral Oral. Mm-hmm. So that's a name that I feel like I should mention. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number five mm-hmm. is, uh, I believe James Ponsult made this movie, The End Ooh. of the Tour. Uh, boy, did I love this movie. Hey, remember when I said we were going to talk about me crying? We're going to talk about me crying again. This movie made me cry, like, a lot. I would call... Uh, I was thinking about this today. Uh, I would say I had a cathartic break while watching this movie, as opposed to a psychotic break. Was it when they were watching Broken Arrow? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, that's a great sequence in the movie. This movie is is delightful, for one thing. It, it, oh, it, yeah. It's full of joy and life and the real joy that is found in life. It's also full of the real pain that I think it can be found in life as well. Uh, and it, it, it's about two artists, one who has achieved a certain level of success, one that desires a certain level of success uh, and the way that they it's about their male bonding, but it's also about their desire to be each other and one up each other and, and live in each other's shadows or out of each other's shadows. It's this complicated relationship that I do think artists tend to have with Mm. one another. Um, And it's obviously, it's also about, uh, you know, uh, a man who was considered um, one of our great authors in his own time, uh, which is a rare thing. Uh, And, you know, how that may have affected him or not affected him. It's also a little bit about manipulation, the idea that a writer is interviewing another writer who himself has done interviews, so he knows what the interview process is like and how that means he'll be depicted. So he is manipulating the interviewer to achieve depictions he wants. It's this whole weird cat and mouse game they're playing with well, each the other guy, while actually bonding. He wants to be the voice of his generation, yes. and he knows it's never going to happen. Yep. And the other guy has been told he's the voice of his generation. Has no idea. Had no idea how the fuck it happened. Yep. 
And uh, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. It's fascinating, and it it, it to me it, it is so I don't know. It really spoke to me a, a, about how life actually feels. I don't mm-hmm. know. That was how I felt coming out of this. Was like that movie really just uh, felt like how how life feels to me. Uh, how complicated it validated a lot of my I think fears and emotions uh, that I'm that I'm growing to have as I get older. Uh, and invalidating them like made me more comfortable with them. Mm. That's a powerful fucking thing for a movie to do. I think it's another one that just I struggled to get yeah. it o- onto my list. It just didn't fit. Yeah, I mean, what what can I say that you didn't that you already said? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's a really really good. Mo- and here's the interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, I've read some some David Foster Wallace. Yes, I have not. I'm going to brag just because that's the reason you do this. But yeah. I've read Infinite Jest, and I page through it every once in a while to revisit my favorite <laughs> parts. What do you think of that? I put it on my vinyl player, and it reads itself. <laughs> it's because uh, I'm so fucking cool. But uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I've read a, a decent amount of it. Yeah. And I would say going into that movie, I didn't need to. Yeah, I think the movie oh, yeah. would work a hundred percent the same, even if you didn't have any clue. I don't know who, anything about him. Who, who Jason Siegel or David Foster Wallace was? Yeah, I, it it's just a good movie done well about a pretty relatable thing. Yeah, uh, and fantastic performances from both Eisenberg and Siegel. Mm-hmm. They're both really, really good. It actually reminded me why I do like Jesse Eisenberg so much. He is another one that seems to get shit here and there. I almost think because of the frequency with which he does movies, you know? Mm. Uh, and it reminded me why I like him so much, and I think he is such a strong performer. He's interesting. He's very interesting. I think he's got a, a certain range that he works within, mm-hmm. but you can't step into that range because he's got the job. Yeah, yeah. If, if that range comes around, he's got the job. A- and I think that that range is wider than people give him credit for, actually, absolutely. too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, he's playing at something here that I don't think we see him play at that often, which is actually a truly normal guy mm. as opposed to his like sheepishly normal guy yeah. that we all get. I felt his jealousies. I felt yeah. his successes. It's, you know, it's uh and, and man is Jason Siegel good in this movie. He's so good. He's great in this movie. When I saw the first trailer for this movie, it was at the end of a string of trailers that all had a, every single one of them. No lie. was like the lead actor's poor performance is a revelation. Yeah. The lead actress here is a revelation. <laughs> and then when I saw, it, I was like, Jason Siegel is a revelation. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. And then when I saw that movie, I was like, that performance was pretty revelatory. <laughs> At least in this case, true. Yeah. I think you nailed it. So nope. yeah. I can't recommend this movie enough. I think people should really check it out. Absolutely. Uh, I-, I loved it. In my honorable mentions. Yes. All right, where Hit are we me. at now? Number four. Number four. Oh, man. This movie was actually at the number one spot of my list halfway through the year. So we already talked it to death, so I don't have to go big. But what we do in the shadows. Oh, boy. This was the comedy that, that got cut movie. off my list. I actually have a little bit of a, 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 a part that I thought was well written. You're going to hear a little bitter Dan for a second, Please which do. I don't often like to do in a review. I said, uh, I have a bittersweet relationship with modern comedies. I find that all too often the films of the post-Apatow era are so steeped in winks and nods to the audience that the humor can fall flat. Or even worse, the film is lost behind a parade of cameos that are all but screaming, We're friends in real life! Isn't it totes adorbs? (laughs) What We Do in the Shadows has none of that. They commit to the jokes 150%. They never break they never break the fourth wall in that way to nope. let you know they're being silly. They're playing it real. Oh, yeah. And good comedy, well acted. Oh, yeah. Uh, a good deadpan comedy, well yep. acted. And guess what? They good get... deadpan comedy, well acted, 
about a t- a reality TV family of vampires yep. prepping for an Auckland, New Zealand haunted event? How? I realized it's I think, the best. I, here, I thought about this today. I think part of the reason this movie works so well, and I can't believe I hadn't thought of this before, is it manages to make fun of vampires and the tropes of vampires and vampire movies, which is a thing... Even that thing has been done before a hundred times already. Like mm-hmm. making fun of those tropes. There's been a ton of those mock vampires movies. suck. Vampires yeah. suck sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vampire duck. But it does oh. it by taking <laughs> vampires and their mythology seriously oh, Darkwing Duck. and treating it seriously. Like mm-hmm. it makes fun of it by taking it seriously and treating it seriously, it's like as opposed show. to making fun of it. Does that Absolutely. make sense? Oh, they're, they're playing it like it's real. Yeah. There's nobody here d- doing a bit and just being like. No, yeah, they treat it very it. seriously. Very seriously. That's. It, 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 I think it that's shows why it how works. fun it would be to be a vampire. Yeah. It shows how tragic it would yes. be to be a vampire in a way that you relate to these characters even as you watch them eviscerate people and cavort with those gnarly werewolves. Yeah. But uh, Supposedly they're going to make a, a sequel that's about oh, those werewolves. werewolves? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the budget was like tiny. So small. I think like $5 million or something. Something so tiny, yeah. but they use every dime to oh. kind of... And There's some great sequences. They use every like, time they really good filmmaking. Conjure a hundred years of cinematic vampire uh-huh. lore with warm reverence. Yes, that's where it comes through. Oh yeah, I I loved this movie so much. Uh, and looks like uh, Taika Waititi is getting some really uh, strong work off of this. Did you, uh, did you see two, what he Thor got? Three, right? Yeah, that's what he got signed on to direct. I'll watch it. Yep. I, and you know what that means? Jermaine's gonna be some ridiculous I, he sidekick villain. Yep. Hello, yeah. hello, Iron Man. Do you want to he, do uh, oh wait, uh, here's a quote from that movie that I that I just I loved and I, I think about it all the time now. Uh, it's when uh, Jermaine Clement's character is um, for some reason I forget he's decided to stop eating or something and he's growing gross. He's getting like all his face. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. getting really gross well, and haggard. He ran into the beast. Right, he ran into the beast <laughs> and now he's getting depressed. Uh, and he and he. Yeah, and so he's becoming this like decrepit version of a vampire, uh, and he's sitting alone at his computer, and he's meddling, and he's really he's doing upset. his dark bidding on eBay. Well, that's the line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're they're like, what, what are you doing? He's like, I didn't mean to blow that one for you. He's like, leave me to my dark bidding on the internet. Well, what are you bidding on? A table. <laughs> I think about that all the I time. I feel so bad that's for okay. blowing that joke. A table. That's the one that. That's actually what makes me laugh about that line. He's like, "Leave me to my dark <laughs> beating on the internet." Oh, what are you beating on? A table. He's a. They're it's pussies. so funny. They've lost some of their powers. It's, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Loved that movie. So funny. I think my favorite. It's so inventive. Gag. Oh, it's so inventive. Yeah. And it's one of those where it does you watch so it much multiple so little. times, and like arrest the development, oh. you'll notice a joke from the beginning is brought back later. So funnier in every a time. Way that it, oh, it's so good. I, I think I've watched it three times this year. I'm it, up to nine. Holy shit! Because you know what? I put I put it on before I go to sleep. Yeah, and it puts me in the oh. best mood, and then I have sweet dreams. Totally that one of those movies. horrifying vampires. Loved that movie. Pete, Peter and uh, sorry, two. cut for my list for sure. Uh. Made my honorable mentions. Where are you at three? I'm at number four. You're number four, sorry. And man, my number four. This was my number two for a while. My number four, Cop Car. I loved Cop Car. I considered it. I loved Cop Car so much, and I have been trying to recommend it to people, and uh, half of them have hated it, so I feel like I, I, maybe I'm wrong or something. Good art pisses off more people Holy than it pleases. Shit that I love this movie. It, it is a coming of age story that's about little boys that are actually little boys mm. and actually act like little boys act, which is how the plot line actually like it uses the idea of true boyhood innocence to kickstart 
a truly terrifying plot line in this like uh, in middle America, basically like middle of nowhere, middle America. Uh, and Kevin Bacon is fucking great oh, in this movie. He's scary. He's shit. really scary in it. In a in but in a very funny way. Uh, it, it, it there is some super tense moments in this that are are just as hilarious as they are tense because this movie is just walking this constant line between this terrible situation, this very terrifying situation from the viewpoint of innocent eight-year-old boys and then from the viewpoint of a very, very not innocent, totally guilty, evil cop. Uh, So you see it both from... And a couple other strange characters. There are some other characters, (laughs) but the perspectives are distinctly like this dark perspective of this adult who is you know uh, and this totally light innocent perspective of children Mm. and it just switches back and forth between their perspectives and suddenly as their situations cross and their paths meet you're getting both of those perspectives on the same terrifying situation and it becomes terrifying and hilarious like kind of at the same time it's so i I loved this movie and i don't i can't even quite describe what i love so much about it except that I, i just I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it, to be honest with you. I, and that sounds weird because it's sort of a simple, straightforward movie. It's just a wholly unique story to me. I, I've never seen this story told before. And it was with very exciting to me. It, I, I just, I, I feel like it was a big discovery for me this year, you know? I, uh, I think that's how it ended up so high on my list. Yeah. I toyed with putting it on my list. Yeah. Didn't make the cut. Yeah. But that's another one that I think taps into the theme of, in a much more innocent and dark way, of yeah. the, the theme of toxic masculinity. Oh, for sure. Because those little boys are little boys because little boys want to fucking tear shit up. Why do they want to tear shit up? A variety of reasons. <laughs> yes, yes. And then there's this the extreme opposite end of that yep. of a guy who is just... I mean, like he's tearing shit up, but he's, he's like actually tearing he's shit up. He's dead inside. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's, oh, he's yes. Tox- yeah, he's yeah. toxic. Yes. There's a play on that too. Yeah, and you know, and there's other people that come into the crosshairs and and have. Oh yeah, I, you know, one of my favorite scenes is that woman sitting alone in the diner. Oh yeah, and it just like cuts to her staring at that fish tank for a little while. I I love that. Cop car's good, man. Yeah, I I I just I really I. I think part of the reason it's also so high on my list is I really think people should seek this movie out and see it. Oh, yeah. Well, it, truly one of the year's unique movies, I think, that deserves to be seen. I forgot to put that on my honorable. My honorable mentions list started getting so long. It's, like, well, Fuck. it's growing now. Yeah. Uh, hit me with your number three, my friend. All right. I'll do better than hit you with my number three. I'm going to knock you out because it's motherfucking Creed. Yeah. Oh, man. This is the other reason why Fury Road didn't make the cut. There you go. This is how you revitalize a franchise. Creed honors the original series and blazes a new trail of its own, making a star out of Michael B. Jordan, giving Ryan Coogler a permanent tenure in Hollywood and reminding the world that Sylvester Stallone, when given the right material, is an extremely talented actor. It has been years since I have reacted so strongly to a movie. I cheered when it wanted me to cheer. Yep. I cried when it wanted me to cry. Yep. And when I left the theater, I I left like ready to take on the world. Mm -hmm. And everyone else did. Anyone who was there and had a functioning soul walked out of that thing, did a couple mental push-ups and maybe a couple physical push-ups and just <laughs> took on the world. This also could be one of the reasons why I knocked out The Martian. Knocked out The Martian. <laughs> because it gave me that effect, too. Fair enough. It's the best Rocky in the whole Rocky movie series. I would agree with that 100%. It's better than Rocky. I, you, oh, I love, that, I love that that's where you've come around on this. It, uh, that's, I was almost... It was close. I yeah. couldn't figure it. It's better than Rocky. I agree. For a multitude of reasons. Yes. Because I, I may love boxing sequences because of Rocky, mm-hmm. but the two best boxing sequences I've ever seen were in Creed. Yes, agreed. You know, I might love 
the characters in Rocky. Yes. But I know the characters in Creed. Yeah. You know, like, I love Adrian. I know who she is now, but she really was just a sideline interest for Rocky to appease that, you know, that, that portion of the quad. Yeah, there was a you know, romantic interest romance there. In yeah. there. Yep. Boom. In this one, it's a real girl fighting a similar fight. Yeah. The decline of her own hearing yep. as a musician. That's yep. crazy. Who has a life, would have a life, and will continue to have a life, even if she didn't even pass into this movie. Yes. I don't feel that about Adrian. Oh, I love that. That's, That's such awesome. a great commentary. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and, but 100%. But think about every every single character has that. I yep. mean, it's most important for her because you're subverting and enhancing a trope. Yes. And, you know, same thing for Michael B. Jordan. What His motivation is not that he's a loser that can't mm-hmm. make it. It's that he's a winner that has to prove he's worth it. Yeah. You know, prove that he's worth everything that he got from his dad's name. Mm-hmm. Or was he just some... So was he a mistake that was paid off? Uh, he almost wants to know if he should be living in his father's shadow or not. Or not. There's so many things he's working with, and MBJ is the real fucking oh, shit. Oh man, he's so Ryan good. Ryan Coogler needs to direct everything. Yeah. This movie was on fire. Uh-huh. And and it was and I don't mean that it was pop 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 pop. Oh no, no, no. It takes its time. through its big heavy scenes and it clomped all over you. Oh, and yeah. you cheesed and cried at every moment you needed to. And it's classic Hollywood stuff, man. It's, it's so, so good. good. Oh, it's perfect. And you know, the, it, but there's other things too that make it more relevant now. You know, we've we've switched races on Rocky in mm-hmm. a way that was natural and organic. It didn't even begin to cause a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, like whether you know James Bond could be Idris Elba. Right. Yeah. Why? Why couldn't? You know, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Yeah. But uh, you know, for for them to switch it like that naturally and the conversation doesn't even come up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And 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 it knows that it's yes. It's, it shamelessly just puts forward this positive image of just yeah. working hard. I, and you know what? To I, everybody. It's, I, oh, it's so good. I, this didn't occur to me until very recently, but another big thing this year just for America, not even movies, but is Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a lot of movies this year that I think fit right into that theme. This fits into it in an interesting way yes. because the stereotype from my family's end of the thing yep. is, well, you know, these people are, are just the poor, just these poor guys have these struggles, right. whatever. That kind of, and then you see something like Rocky, and here's a guy who... He he lucked out and got himself a good life, but he's you know he's got no father. Right. He's he's. You mean Creed? I'm sorry. Creed. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. got no father. He's he's trying to work his job, but he still has this passion that that is brought onto him by family, by blood, by who he is, by his legacy. Yep. And just watching someone earn that runs such a great parallel to like you know anyone can do it, but even the guy who has it all like is he still has those problems. Mm-hmm. Because of shitty things, you know, yeah. <laughs> because of just shitty stereotypes. Yeah. So it, it's just this incredible fight to to feel valid. Mm-hmm. And I imagine <laughs> my suburban white man <laughs> intuition tells me that I imagine there are a lot of young black folk trying to make that same statement. Oh, yeah. Like, And I matter. that, And that's so mm-hmm. simple to feel mattered. Mm-hmm. This is a kid who, could, you know, could have mattered if he wanted to. It pretty much did, mm-hmm. but he, he needed to make sure that he did indeed matter. Yes. And it's like, man, yeah, we all want to matter. And for a lot of people, even that is a He didn't even want to use the name until mm-hmm. he earned the name, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. The shorts, when he, and uh, you see the, uh, I teared up. Uh, Creed is incredible. Creed might as well be at the top of my list, but it's not. If you haven't seen it yet, and you're interested in seeing it, but you're not. You're like I don't know. I can't. Uh, it's a seventh Rocky movie. Watch this movie, and in the twelfth round of the final fight, when the Rocky theme finally kicks oh, yeah. in, 
Tell me you don't feel a tingle in your fucking balls. Oh, a tingle in my balls? I was coming blood <laughs> because I burst a vessel in my dick. I came so hard. It was amazing. It, it, this movie is uh, fantastic. <laughs> it's the it, best. It, in every if way. If you could capture... The, the like all if you could capture the essence of like the rock doing cartwheels down a beach while dressed as SpongeBob, think about how entertaining that is. Yeah. That's this movie. It's just pure entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. But it, but it but it has so much more to it though. Oh, it's got so cartwheels. much to say. I I think it's got more to say than any Rocky movie ever has. Oh, yeah. Um it, the the scene in the graveyard is is beautiful. A, a a beautiful quiet moment in the uh in the middle of this movie that um you know, relies on six movies of history, but not even. Like, you mm. feel that weight whether you've seen that story or not, I think. Stallone and that's a credit so to good. fucking Stallone, man. Stallone is so Holy shit. That dude, I good. mean, I hesitant to say, might deserve an Oscar this year. There's, I mean, I think he's Golden Globe nominated yes. already, which means, uh, I don't know what it means. It, it yeah. means he might get a Golden Globe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best sports movie or musical comedy <laughs> goes to, and, wait a minute. <laughs> But uh, and uh, you know I gotta say they made yes. the best boxing montages I've ever seen too. So Rocky oh. can fuck off yeah. on that one. Fantastic. too. Fantastic. Yep, it's the best one. Uh, agreed, hundred percent. Right, I'm gonna let you do one more and then I'm gonna pee. We're gonna take our breaks. Let's do it. All right. One. So here we go. My number three, Ex Machina. We talked about it a little right bit. On. I want to talk about it a little bit more. Let's uh, do it. I rewatched this recently, so I've seen it twice now. Uh, and most of the reason I rewatched it was this was one of the movies that sat with me all year. This really, really stuck with me. But as the you know the year was rolling and we hit the sort of end of the year thing where I'm watching a lot of movies back to back to back, you know you start going like oh well these ones are really good and I you know I've put a lot of distance between myself and that other one. I wanted to refresh myself and really see how I felt about it, and it was almost a different movie the second time. But I mean that in the best way. It, it I saw the story from a different perspective that I just never would have been able to see it through the first time through. Mm. That that made me realize how much more infinitely interesting this movie is than I already thought it was from the first incredible viewing I had of it. It's that good that, like, just two viewings can, like, you know, a lot of, you know, for me, like, Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorite movies because I can watch that movie over and over and over, and every time it grows a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. It's you put a little water on it, and it grows a little bit. It gets a little bit bigger every time. It gets a little bit better every time because I notice more and more things. It's one of the only movies I've ever seen where the second time... It was like I watched an entirely different movie, like a whole new movie. Uh, and that is incredible to me that it's that layered and done so well that you can't even fathom that other layer necessarily the first time through, I don't mm. think. And that's not even because it's relying on some twist that you don't see coming or something like that. Yeah, there's, I, I was expecting a big twist in this movie. And I think and I didn't. I, I don't know if it would be like a twist. No. But it's just it came to a crazy point that was much more satisfying yes. than, a, than a twist. Uh, I and I think Have it you has watched it a third time yet. I uh, haven't. I watched it the third time, and I it will please you to 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 hear. Yes, it, the same thing that you experienced between one and two will happen again. Oh, I love that. You know, that's like uh, to me. That's incredible. I would watch it a fourth time just because I was like, oh wow, a couple things here, a couple things there. I think Alex Garland is one of our great writers oh, in general. Totally. He's one of uh, he's written some of the best scripts of the last twenty years, I think. Um, and this was his directorial debut, and I want to see him step behind a camera over and over again i've so, heard he doesn't want to do it i have too uh, that's and what they all say i know and uh, you throw a paycheck at him and we've got ex machina 2 <laughs> ex machina versus ash yeah ex machina you know it to me it's the, the reason this movie works so well for me is the performances are great um it's very 
focused on those performances. It's a very small cast, and it's focused on those those cast members, and they give these really intense, really interesting performances that have a lot of layers to them. Uh, but it's also like, I was trying to explain this to you, and you got what I was saying, but I, I, it's just a weird thing to try and explain. I like the way this movie feels. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I love the setting in a way that I can't describe. I can't even put my finger on what I like about the setting. It's claustrophobic in a way that should be uncomfortable. But I think you said it's like it sort of looks like an Apple store, and we've grown to sort of learn that that's now a comfortable, quote-unquote, setting for us. Mm-hmm. We like the rounded edges of it and the soft focus of it and the soft colors and lights. And so although it's like super claustrophobic, it's like really comforting in a weird way. But it's comforting because it's like an Apple store. Yes. But the house itself feels restrictive yes. unlike an Apple because Apple stores are designed to be coming and play, come in and yeah. play with our toys yeah. this would be you know this one is don't touch that yeah don't touch that but it's still that same welcoming architecture it's like the moment but with it just has the vibe of don't touch that so it's very weirdly cozy and unsettling well you know how people are like a f- time bomb you know how people yeah you know how people are like afraid that like um like because Google like owns so many apps now and has their fingers in so many different things and, and is has like all the, the the most data of any company or whatever that they've collected on people and stuff that like one day Google will become like one day they'll shut the door. You know, mm-hmm. like right now it's this big open thing and everybody get involved and participate and it's all safe. That like one day they shut the door and suddenly it's the most dangerous thing that's ever existed. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. It it almost feels like this movie takes place like the day after Apple shut its door. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. That's uh, probably the best way I've ever heard it put. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. And, and uh I, I it's it, it it's so interesting to talk about this movie. I almost don't even want to start trying to get into a conversation about what it's about. I mean, I would definitely watch it again to do an episode. I, I would love to yeah. because, I, I, it to me, another great movie about... We should do some honorable mentions episodes, even though this is on both our lists. I, I would yeah. love to because I, it's, it's, this is another movie, I think, about masculinity. Also mm-hmm. another movie about women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie about ownership and control mm-hmm. uh, and manipulation. And ability. Yes. Uh it's fascinating. It, it is endlessly fascinating because your review I thought was fantastic, and and you're right. It's also a lot about like obviously artificial intelligence and consciousness, mm. and and what do these things mean in these te- the Turing tests, and how you know uh, once a once a whatever an artificial intelligence reaches a certain level, is it really? It's definitely about those things. It, it's also about humanity, and like so, I don't know. It's about so many things. Oh yeah, it, it's unreal how much is inside of this little box. Which is actually a great description of what an AI would be, uh, or an Apple computer, or you know. Uh, it, oh my God, I, I love this movie so much. I, it, it deserves to be this uh, high on I the think list. That's, uh, I, it absolutely deserves to be up high. I believe it was number ten at my list at the beginning yeah. of the year, and it moved up. I mean, it moved way up. It moved down. The third time I watched it, I had it at one. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that it was fishing around there, I, I can't say how much I love this movie, and it's. Like I said, the three big breakout stars that weren't star... Well, one of them was Star Wars. Oscar Isaac, Domino Riley Gleason, and Alicia Vikander. Yep. They are all in a ton of movies this year. They're all the best part of those movies this year. And... They they were all at... They all did their best work in this movie. And goddamn, if you don't YouTube that Oscar Isaac dance sequence as soon as you finish this episode... Because it's... Oh, it's the best. It is amazing. All right, we'll be back for our top two, right? That's all top we got left. Top two after this. Top two after this break that you're not even going to know happened. Movie, movie. All right, and we're back after a break you didn't hear. Consider uh, chicory. <laughs> Hashtag consider chicory. We're going to get Richard Jenkins his Oscar. Yes. For Bone Tomahawk. Yes, please. Can you imagine George Clooney just saying like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, like and the Oscar for best supporting act- actor goes to 
Richard Chicory. Jenkins for for his wonderful performance as a as a big galoot, a <laughs> uh, way too old cowboy fighting cannibal Viking monsters in the old west. Old man Chicory. <laughs> Richard Jenkins. I love it. And then he would show up and be like, hi, oh, guys. Uh, God, he deserves it. I got to go to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> All right. My number two movie of the year. Stars Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Takes place in the Old West. Mm-hmm. And it's about a group of men that just don't fucking trust each other. Mm-hmm. It's the boniest, tomahawkinest movie of the year, everybody. It's Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. You Holy know we love Bone Tomahawk at I Like to Movie Movie. I like to movie movie bone tomahawk mm-hmm. it's so good it is so so good this is the, this is bar none you already said it the best script of the year it's this, awesome this script is unreal it, it i okay you and i have sat next to each other through a lot of fucking movies at this point uh and i think we have a pretty good sense of each other's sense of humor mm-hmm. our, our each other's taste in in movies i don't think you and i have collectively enjoyed something like side by side together as much as oh, we enjoyed Bone Tomahawk. We were right on the same page with this from beginning to end. From beginning to yeah. end. Everything oh, yeah. that was funny about this movie, <laughs> we so both funny. got immediately because and loved Alex it. Perlman. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yes, Alex also was like right on board the whole time. And that's the thing. This movie does that. Oh, yeah. Everyone, and Patton Oswalt was watching it simultaneously <laughs> right, on Twitter and having and the same having ride. similar reactions yeah. according to it. Although, you got to pay attention to the movie, buddy. Yeah, yes, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's just, it is, Full of wonderful dialogue. I mean, for okay, for another move, for another western that stars Kurt Russell and has a lot of fucking talking. For me, I, I, there wasn't a moment I was bored in this movie. There wasn't a second of this movie that I was like, "Can we get on with it?" I, I, I just I hung on every word every mm-hmm. character said, and it's not just, it, and that is not just because the script is great. It's a lot because the script is fucking great, but it's also because this is one of the most well cast movies of the year as well. I think uh, all four of everybody's like. 100%. Everybody yeah. is is firing on all cylinders. Principal Strickland's in it. Uh, yes. It, it, uh, it, it. Oh my God. I I I loved this movie so much. And, and I'll tell you what. The 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 only thing that I don't like about this movie is that it's a horror movie. Now here's the only reason I say that because it's a hard movie to recommend to people, and I want everybody to watch it. Oh yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it is. Uh, it's it's the best. It's one of the best westerns I've ever seen. I think the best way to do it is the same way that sort of happened to us via the Twitter machine. Yes. Where you say, oh, when you guys get to the scene, yes. it's going to be crazy. I know. And then when they're ready for the scene and they see what the scene is, they won't be they won't be thinking they're about recommendation. Gonna be thinking about they're going to be explosive. Yeah. That, I mean, that was, you know, I, I had definitely heard like, oh, this one is like, it's crazy. It's got this scene. It's gross. And they are not wrong. It's, I, I think, <laughs> one of the grossest things I've ever seen in a movie. Throughout the whole movie, we were going, is this, is this the a scene? scene? Is this the scene? It's like, well, I don't know. That's not the. That's a. That's a yeah, scene. I mean, that's a scene, but that's not the scene. And but the, when the scene happens, it was like, oh fuck, that's immediately the scene. <laughs> that's the scene. Yeah. It's got to be the scene. I hope it. I hope it's the scene. This because better this be the scene because yeah, I can't, can't take crazy. anything more than this. So it's good. Uh, it, and it, but it. Oh, it's so good. I mean, the the horror in it really works so well. I think it. it it's really well executed horror on hardly any money. Uh, mm. a, a, and has a very interesting, unique sort of monster. Let's say, I guess, as, as the villain. Um, uh, I don't know. I this movie is just top to bottom. It's beautiful. It, it's like the 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 sort of western vistas that he shoots are are gorgeous. Uh, the the colors are really stark in it. That uh, and it makes the it, I don't know. There's like a strong contrast between the dirt and the sky in this movie that really really works for it. Um, I, I loved this movie so so much. I can't stop talking. What's about it called again? 
Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. It, I mean, what is there to say? It's so good. It's so good. It's I, so good. And even if it's not your type of movie, yeah. you'll be entertained if, oh, if yeah. not having, you know, being horrified about it. it. I was thinking about this the other day. It had a strange effect on me on some level that Tremors did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it something about that just had me feeling Tremors. Well, because it's and a really, Tremors is one of the best movies yeah. ever made. Well, it's a really character driven story that happens to have this yes. backdrop of like a B movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. That's a combination that fucking works for me. Uh, taking a B movie kind of seriously by just taking the character seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, it was, was the Descent. That's the yeah, thing yeah, I compared it to. Hundred percent. Same tone. Same yep. pace. Yep. Same trapped sort of people with mm-hmm. conflicting ideals and where the you know the it's actually kind of funny too because the descent was a whole bunch of women trapped in this uh-huh. horrible situation and like whatever pro whatever uh problems arose between them I I would imagine would be realistic. Yes. The same way as watching the old West men in oh, this yeah. in this situation it's like, oh I see how you would you're reacting you know, once I use the term toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. That's yep. That's the thing. What I loved about uh, Bone Tomahawk, Bone Tomahawk, Bone Tomahawk, is that the masculinity is what got them there, mm-hmm. but it was also essential in in ending it yes. and doing justice. Yes, and uh, so I thought that was really interesting because it it's is like, you know what? It's we do have this power, mm-hmm. and it's it's dangerous. It, yes, exactly. You know, it, because it, it spends a lot of the movie taking a very harsh stance, I think, on masculinity and how toxic mm-hmm. it can be. Uh, and I don't think in its ending um, ever says like, but because we can do this, it's okay. It's never saying no, that. No, no, no. It's just saying, here's the flip side of that coin, though. They're, you know, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. that power can be used in other ways in uh, to a positive effect. It's just power. Yep. We can we can power a PlayStation it, or we can light a right, fire. You right. know, it's it, like it needs to be welded appropriately. Absolutely. Uh, weld. Wielded? Wielded. Well, wielded. I mean it, it I you could say wielded, yeah, wielded appropriately. Wielded appropriately? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a powerful thing, but like any power it can be rotten very quickly. Yes. Yeah. And so that just I don't know, it really spoke that to me. Yes. And I guess I was just so lost in awesome pole jumping car bomb throwers. <laughs> Uh, maybe it didn't wash over me as as epically in that. Yeah, yeah. It was there, but you know, yeah. guitar man shooting fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, that gets me going. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, um. So one thing I did want to bring up, just because uh, it just I can't stop thinking about this scene, and it delights me to no end. For some reason, this is the scene I think about most often from Bone Tomahawk, is when Chicory is talking about how he can't read in the bathtub because oh. he gets the pages in his book wet, mm-hmm. and they have this whole long drawn out conversation about how I, I just don't know what to do. I, 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 I sheriff, I, I just I, I keep I keep trying to hold the book in one hand, and then I gotta wash my body with the other hand, and then I gotta turn the page, and the ink all runs off the page. I can't read the. Well, I think you just get a music stand. <laughs> oh well, that's. That's a great idea, Sheriff. That's just, that's just a fantastic idea. I don't know why I never thought of that. I'm going to do that right I'm away. I'm going to do that as soon as I get home. But my my fingers get the the pages all wet, <laughs> and then well, and then the other guy, uh, Kurt Russell's character, yeah, is like, you put a towel next to the tub, and then you touch the towel before you turn the page. Yeah, and he like, dog like yeah. he has like a doggone yeah. what whoa. Uh, I tell you what, the first thing I do when, when we get back to... I'm just going to use the other movie. Red Rock. Yeah. When we get back to Red Rock. Is, uh, 
I'm, I'm going to get me one of the music stands. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, he's about to go fight, you know, crazy <laughs> monster things. But, yeah. but you, how was he alive this long in the uh, Old oh West? Oh, my God. I, oh, oh, the movie so is good. delightful. Oh. So, so good. I loved it. All right. Hit me with your number two. My number two. Oh, yeah. It's uh, got Kurt Russell. Okay. Uh, he's in the Old West. Oh, okay. All right. A lot of guys in it. Yeah? They don't trust each other. You don't say. Yeah, they do not trust each other. Now, um, hold on, Dan. Yeah. Wasn't Bone Tomahawk further down on your list? Bone Tomahawk was further down on my list. So what could you be talking about? Well, I'm talking about a riff on Bone Tomahawk <laughs> here, uh, in which Kurt Russell in the cowboy hat has an, has perhaps the biggest mustache I've ever seen him rock. Uh-huh. I'm talking about Quentin Tarantino. Oh, it, it might be his best movie. I don't know. Okay. The Hateful Eight. Yes, please. I would love to talk about this movie. I fucking love uh-huh. this movie uh-huh. it's awesome uh-huh. it's clue meets the thing in the old west That's a great description starring the cast of the thing <laughs> um it's 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 an old western movie it's yep. got ennio morricone's best music like ever uh, it's inc- the score so, is uh, incredible white stripes are in it oh yeah Fucking white stripes are in it. I didn't realize you know what I'm at on this. Yep. Oh yeah. Apple Blossom, rocking and rolling. I love that song. I can play that song. I love that song so (laughs) goddamn much. So when that happened in a Tarantino movie, I was ready to come. Uh, The the whole thing's amazing. We went to the to the 70 70 millimeter millimeter roadshow roadshow cut. And it was awesome because with this movie, there's eight hateful bastards and there's this ninth character called the film. You go and you see this movie and you say, Oh my god. All that shit talk we were talking last week on film. I mean, I still stand by that it's a novelty like vinyl, yes. but I buy vinyls. Oh, yeah. And I went to this print, and it looked awesome. Yes. Can I tell you? So I listened to, I believe it was Quentin Tarantino on The Nerdist. I think mm-hmm. is what he was on. Uh, and he said something that, I, I agree, I stand by. It's kind of a novelty thing, right? And and why not do it the cheaper, easier way that looks almost better anyway? Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a novelty in this movie, though. Here's what Tarantino said that I loved. He said... It's almost it's almost what we're saying, but he's using what we're saying as an argument for film in theaters, which is, yeah, you can get that shit at home. What you can't get at home is a 35 millimeter projector and film to project on it. Yeah, that's an experience you cannot have at home. You can have the clearly digitally projected experience at home. All of us can. It's kind of cheap at this point. You can't have it's harder to have film at Mm -hmm. home. That's a pretty great fucking argument to me. Yep. And that's the thing. I, I, I think we should support it. I yeah. just don't think we should we should lament the move to digital as right. some death of film. Right. We as long as to, it's not the death of film. As long as it's not the death of right. film. And this made a very strong case for we should fight be. for it. Yeah. We should absolutely fight for it yes. because it is part of the movie. It's Holy part shit, of the experience. Yeah. A three-hour, seven-minute movie yep. needs to have... A uh, uh, what's it? Intermission in the middle. It it, it just, is and, and it necessary. Works. But he wrote the script to play with that intermission. This yep. is how the movie was designed. Yep. It's an experience. Yep. Movies that have intermissions are supposed to be written like that. Mm-hmm. And you see that at the movies. Yeah. And the reason they're supposed to be written like that is because you don't have a pause button at yeah. the movie theater. So you and have to have. You got to switch over the reels at some point. Every play I've ever been to has an intermission. That's yep. just the way it is. Yep. It's a good idea, but yeah. people don't do it with movies because. We gotta do all this. We gotta turn it off. Just press play and leave. It's also yeah. harder for the theater, I guess, to some extent, right? They gotta manage all these people coming exactly. in and out and blah blah blah. You know, all that shit. Yep. Well, it happened for this movie. It was part of the movie. It was a character in the movie. The way everything was shot uh, on this bold, deep lens and these very shallow, uh, just shallow views. But you're just looking around at everything and you're seeing everything. 
It just, uh, it's awesome. One of the best things about the 70 millimeter in this movie, I think, is one of the questions going into it that I saw a lot of people asking was, I thought he said this whole movie was set in like a cabin. Why is he shooting it so wide? Well, because even when you're watching two characters have a conversation for 10 minutes, you're also watching the entire cast continue to act because they're still in the frame. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like really awesome to see because everybody has to commit to their performance all the time. And Even that, when they're not like in the scene, they're just play. yeah, they're just sitting in the background of the scene. But they're committed to those characters, and they're still playing those characters in that moment. It's really awesome to see. It's awesome. There's more than a few long takes. Oh yeah, that do some cool stuff. I wrote down what I think though is the thesis of the movie. Please, as spoken by Tim Roth's character, <laughs> who's doing an impression of Christoph Waltz the whole movie. <laughs> but here's the thing: Christoph Waltz has passed two roles yes. with Tarantino. He was doing a Tim Roth. Yeah, that, okay, that and might be true. So you know, there's there is some of that too. Tim Fair Roth enough. was. If Tim Roth wasn't playing Pumpkin to uh, Honey Bunny, yes. it could easily just throw a young Christoph Waltz in there, and he would have done the same thing. Fair enough. You know, I think that they're both good at playing the same function of a character. Yeah. You know, I've, I don't know if uh, Tim Roth's ever played a stone-cold-hearted like a stone cold hearted Nazi before, but his Lonzo wouldn't have been as good, but he would have done a Lonzo, and oh, it would yeah, have been yeah, fucking yeah. good. You know? You're right, yeah. Um, but he says, because he's the hangman at the new town, he's going right. to be the hangman at the new town, he says, justice delivered without dispassion is always in danger of not being justice. Yep. And I got to thinking about that. And I got to thinking You're about right. a lot of that. You're right. Because this whole movie is about a bunch of people who have all done some fucked up shit. Yeah. And because they've done some fucked up shit, they're all fucked up people. Yep. And they're all completely fucked up. Why are they fucked up? Well, some of them are racist. Some yep. of them do this. But all of them have this posture of why they're better than someone else mm-hmm. and why they deserve vengeance upon them. Because they've been subject to so much injustice themselves. So much injustice yeah. themselves. They are punishing people. And there's a lot yeah. of personal agendas. North to south. Yeah. Black to white. Yeah. Male to female. Yeah. And everybody feels that they're better than everyone else in the room simply by fact of what they are immediately yeah. post-Civil War. And that fades and it breaks down slowly as you know, alliances form and you learn more things about more people. But if the, to me, the whole thesis is if you're going to predicate all forward progress on the concept of revenge, a lot of people are going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. They do. They, they deliver justice as they see it without dispassion. Yeah. And it's not justice. It's just a bunch of idiots killing one another. Yeah. And I think in terms of, of, what goes on in our social world and how so many people are still mistreated. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's a pretty shitty idea. I think you just blew this movie wide open for me, man. Right? Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it. everybody could use a little more, oh man, I'm capable of evil. Yeah. I, I am hateful. I have yeah. hateful in me. Yeah. Everybody on the planet can use it. But everyone also needs to take that and realize that that is, <laughs> going big, that is their responsibility to, you know, squelch that in a way or channel that in a way that that is going to be not based in vengeance. I'm not kidding. I think you like really just tore this open for me because I've been wrestling all day. I haven't stopped thinking about this movie. I can't stop thinking about it. I read your review and you're right in that there's not a single character that no. you could call a, a protagonist short mm-hmm. of just moving forward, you know, moving forward the plot. Yes. But I never found it weird to relate to anybody because I related to the the social thing that was going on inside the cabin. That was my character uh-huh. that I zoned in on was that. You know, I knew all these guys were pieces of shit. Yeah, and yeah. And you, oh, man, that guy's more of a piece of shit than I thought. Oh, man, the, 
I was actually trying to pay the movie a compliment a little bit in that statement. I, I, I do mean when I say that it's like, this is tough for me. I think as stories go, it's hard to have a movie without a redeemable character, Absolutely. right? It's a hurdle. Yeah, but um, he's really good at making me care about characters that are irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's something to be said for that. It's it's not like you can't tell a story of the irredeemable characters. It just can be very problematic. It's difficult to do. But what you just broke over for me is like, I can't stop thinking about this movie. I've been thinking about it all day. And I, I just, it has such complicated politics at the heart of it. Politics is the wrong word. Um, morality at the heart mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, and I knew that that was intentional. You can just feel it in the oh, movie. Absolutely. That it's very intentional. It knows that it's going back and forth, back and forth on mm-hmm. on these different little moral plays that it's acting out between these characters, right? It's the trapped in the closet episode of a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Made out to three hours. I yeah. mean, that's the same thing with, uh, it's a bottle with Reservoir Dogs was just, you are a bottlenose tail. You're trapped yeah. in the closet. They all got in the closet together, and whereas in the sitcoms, they realize they have more in common, they start to get along, and then they leave it friends. Right. Because they're not holding any grudges. Right. But there's some grudge match motherfuckers inside this yeah. cabin. So talking it out is just going to yank everyone against each other. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. But it, it it's... Uh, what... I don't know. What you just helped me with was was what the intention of the complicated moral plays that are happening is. Mm-hmm. I, I think what you just said like totally makes sense. And really... Now I really want to revisit this and, and, and think about it in that context. Well, thank you. I, I'm serious. That, like, That's what's I, been fucking up my I, head I've been day. wrestling with it all day. I've been like, I know there's a point to all of these complicated social issues that it's tackling and the way it's tackling. Like Every time Kurt Russell punched Jennifer Jason Lee. It my stomach turned. Yeah. Um. Bec- because, um, that's tough to see. I don't want to see that. Right. I don't want to see women treated that way. Um, but it's also that is historically sort of accurate for the time. You could treat a woman that way, especially because she's like a you know a, whatever a convicted felon to some extent or whatever. Like there's all these extra layers of like why it seems okay she's to Daisy treat Dome her Margie. that way. Right. Um. But. I uh, there were it was also kind of being played for humor sometimes, mm-hmm. which I did make me laugh, but also made me uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know if we should find this funny, uh, and it did that every time they used the n word. It did that every like every time that it sort of tackled one of those social things where it's like, oh, we shouldn't be talking about this. Oh, we shouldn't be seeing this. It made me uncomfortable. It also kind of made me laugh because it was being played for humor, but even that then made me uncomfortable. But it was because I didn't know. What he was trying to say with all of it, you know, mm. I, w- I, I was having trouble putting it together like, OK, but what is this all about? Like what? And I could tell it I'll was there. This. It was inside of it. But I, I like I couldn't pull it out. And you just pulled it out. I got to do it without spoiling. Yeah. Think about the very last scene. Yes. Think about who's involved. Yes. Who's working together. Yep. And who's losing. Yep. Can you believe that's happening? Yeah. Those those characters at the very beginning would never be doing. Right. This. Agreed. And we watched that happen just because. People change their allegiances based on vengeance and self-benefit, survival, and survival, and it's like what a toxic combination. Yep, and and it and we all have it in us. And yeah, we all hate something. Yeah, and I hate that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in us. I have it in me. I try to beat it down. Try to work with it and learn from it. When you learn from it the wrong way. Hateful Eight happens. Yeah, I. This is such a beautiful explanation of this movie. I'm serious. When I, you learn for it the right way, hateful eight gets avoided. Yeah, you know, and it's I don't, I, I 
You really I once gotta, again, communication is always the key in every single one of these things. I want to watch it again they immediately because I love pr- that reading. I really do because it is. It's like, like that's I had nothing to complain it about just it. So aggressive. Yeah, you know, I had nothing to complain about about it. You know what I mean? I loved all the performances. I thought the script was great. It was a little long. I didn't think it was as tense as I would have liked it to be mm. for how long some of the scenes draw out to be. But they all worked. You know, I was never, like, bored or anything. Um, and, and it's hard to call out any performance in this movie because everybody's so good. But I would like to call out Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> She's scary. Who is so monstrous in this. You know like, cool? I really mean that. I want to see, like, a, a pic- like a gang picture with her and her gang, like, like Robin shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like just like a side show. Oh, totally, yeah. Western of just... 100%. Daisy Domerg and the Domergay Do clan. Yeah, yeah. That would be, I'd watch 90 minutes of that. 100%. Yep. Uh, she was just great, I thought. And and what a meaty role for a female to play, too. Mm. Um, uh, we don't see... She's hideous. Yeah. And, She's and got her teeth knocked out. And has so many layers, really, as a character, too. Oh, yeah. Like, more and more gets revealed about her as the movie goes on. And, and her performance gets infinitely more interesting the more you know about her. Mm. Um, uh, and just... There are not enough roles written for women that have that are meaty like that. Where there's I really like the ones where it's like this is definitely not a role that has any ounce of it predicated on her being pretty. Right. You know, like it's just not happening. Right. She's um, just a fucking monster. And then I would also call out Samuel Jackson, who <sighs> I think gives his best performance ever. Like this is, I, I think, my favorite. Samuel so Jackson I, I, performance. I would come close to saying it, except I know Mace you love Windu. Django. No, I'm just kidding, Django. Yeah, yeah. I know you uh, love yeah, him, Django. He, in Django did something that I from my white man perspective would say was was downright brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And it's it's the kind of thing that that to depict what is such a oft lampooned character yeah. and a, has become a derogatory term yes, yes. amongst black people for him to play that, play it with depth, play it in a way where he made him villainous, yep. but also played it in a way where you're like, I know how this guy got here. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Yeah. You're it's right. Awesome. Yeah. And it's scary. Yeah. And it I don't know. It's just good shit. I just think he's fucking awesome. But in he this is movie. awesome in this movie. He, but I feel like in this he's playing Sam Jackson to some A little bit, yeah, 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 yeah. But he is fucking he's eating up some great dialogue the whole time, mm-hmm. which is great. And is he's a is a part of great dialogue. Easily my favorite scene in a movie this year. Oh, that was incredible. It, I don't think we can say we can't. It's, it's the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it, it, it is what happens immediately before the intermission, mm-hmm. and it it is my favorite thing I've seen in a movie this year. It's awesome. I I, I it's incredible. It, uh, What's funny is if you were to just describe it after saying it's your favorite thing, people would be like, "That's weird." Uh, yes, but it, it's the best thing I've seen in ages. I I truly think it's like a. I, I hope that this gets considered a triumphant moment for black people in America. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. Because uh, that is, boy, uh, that's reparations of a kind, I would say. It is. But the thing that it also... <laughs> oh, no. It's also what makes him heinous. It makes him heinous. Yeah. It makes 100%. Thing, like, this guy's fucked up. 100%. It's wild. Oh, it's so good. I, that, you got to see it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Do you have any other notes? Uh, the, uh, actually, I also wanted to call out Walton Goggins. Who oh, I have never seen given a role like this before. Uh, I've ne- okay, I've never seen any of the TV he's done, and I believe he's had like more central roles in some TV shows. I've only ever seen him as like side characters and things. He is a a big part of this movie, and I and I'm telling you right now, he almost dances. I mean, almost acts circles around this entire cast. He is so good in this movie. I thought he was he's great. Really, he's another one that could be this standard trope. Yes, I'm the I'm the Hick Sheriff. Yep. And I'm gonna do things right. And I'm not that yep. smart, but he's 
I could see all of these people existing in what I imagine a post-Civil World thing would be. Yes. And they just uh, happen to get I, into some He shit. was great in this movie, and it deserves accolades for being so good next to actors we already fucking love. And my favorite thing about this movie, and the reason that it made the list so quickly and immediately for me, I saw this yesterday, right. so this doesn't yeah, follow. I mean, I guess I could say it stuck with me, but most movies do for a day. Not those Underworld movies. They, they always disappear <laughs> from my mind like the second I leave the theater. At one time, I went with Isaac to uh-huh. see Underworld 2, and uh-huh. we're like, are we going to go see this? Like, It was just happening. We're like, are we just going to, I guess we'll watch it. And then we got in, we watched the movie, and then we left, and we like went about our days. Yeah. And then, like three hours later, I was like, yeah, so what did you think of Underworld? He's like, yeah, it was cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I think the same thing. You got anything to, more to say about it? Nah. <laughs> I got nothing. And we, we, like it wasn't bad enough to yeah. like ruin us. It wasn't. It wasn't bad though. Yeah. And it was just gone like that. It was gone. That's the worst sin a movie could make. I think <laughs> it was gone. Yeah. But uh, hateful eight like what stuck with me. No, <laughs> it stuck with me because this Tarantino. I've noticed maybe it's as we enhance into film circles or just people tend to sour on things after a while. Sure. They live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Uh huh. People want to hate on Tarantino now, yeah. but also there's people that are just really starting to sour on his style, sure. and he, his style has changed, so yeah. I, that's not an invalid thing. I don't want to say that, being like, you people hate him. Hate him if you want. Just back it up. But this movie bucks one of the main criticisms that I hear, and it's that all he does is mishmash old things that worked mm-hmm. and polish them up, mm-hmm. which he does do that. Sure. But I think in Hateful Eight, it really suddenly came together as like, I can see his style. Yeah. I know what a Tarantino movie looks like now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we all knew that, you know, Seven was very, very, you know, choppy and grainy and, yeah. you know, hyperkinetic and stuff. It was very Fincher. Mm-hmm. When you watch something like Gone Girl now, or in my opinion, uh, the uh, social network, yeah, you see this filmmaker that is definitely that filmmaker. Sure. But he has really, really blossomed into a he's master. refined he's what refined he does yeah yeah you know you watch darren darren aronofsky's pie yeah and then you watch you know something like, like uh, even the fountain requiem yeah or the fountain but then you get to uh noah noah yeah you see all of the darren aronofsky yep. but you go this is a guy who you know i think he's he learned something yeah he grew into this i i felt that here and i felt yeah. it in a huge way interesting it was like this is a guy who loves movies and he's just going to keep loving him until he gets it right. Yeah. He made a movie. I know what his style is. He's a grown-up now. Yeah. Now, of course, he still markets it as my style. I still have my style. and he, But he definitely does. But he's a very, very good filmmaker. Yeah. And this is very much the closest I could say is him being like the auteur of, of mm-hmm. this kind of thing. It's our, That uh, got me. That's the thing that did it. <laughs> and on that note, our prayers are still with Tim Burton that he may one day figure out what his style is yeah. so he can stop making that fucking movie over and over again. <laughs> I mean, he might. He might just be working his way to it, and I hope he does. I, I hope so. If I get one more squiggly goddamn tree, I feel like that's all I've seen in the last 25 years. He's going to remake Hateful Eight. He's going to be like, all right, this place here, you see all these trees? We're going to make them into spirals. <laughs> Spiral those trees. And um, do you see that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, and that guy? Get rid of them. Bring in Johnny Depp. <laughs> and, a, and a decent, like a kind of decent makeup guy. Hey, where's my wife? To, uh, where's my wife? <laughs> she rises out of a coffin <laughs> that he keeps. 
Sorry I keep you in there, but I needed to affect these fuckers won't listen to me. <laughs> I don't know why my Tim Burton. It's I is, love uh, this interpretation is, uh, of Tim Burton. Is, I'm gonna make Superman. I'm gonna put Nicolas Cage in. And he's gonna fly around and scream at things. <laughs> and uh, the bad guy's gonna be a spider because the studio told me I had to. But here's what I'm thinking: We take those spiders' legs, we spiral them. <laughs> we put them in the kids love spirals. Uh, heavier kids love spirals. Skinny kids I love, love spirals. spirals. They love spirals. I'm going to go get a Cinnabon because <laughs> I want to consume a spiral into my chest. I'm going to get a Cinnabon with Johnny Depp. What if it's actually like in Johnny Depp's contract that all movie season have to have spiral trees <laughs> and Tim Burton like loves working with Johnny Depp so much he's like forced into this he's corner of having it. spiral trees? I picture that too. They're like, Johnny, what do you need? And he's like, hey man, I think these, this is my Johnny Depp. He's like, oh, see my bracelets? I've got 50 of them. And uh, these trees, they got to be sp- more spangly. Like, <laughs> Mr. Depp, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm, do- I'm talking to you, bitch! I'm Johnny Depp! Spiral the trees. <laughs> I'm ins- I want them to be reminiscent of the spiral gauges that I want to put in my ears on my 70th birthday. You just, you just made up my favorite word, ruminescent. It was like luminescent <laughs> and reminiscent in one that's, word. That's just a word that Johnny Depp uses. <laughs> yeah, he makes his own words. Yeah. He's actually trying to work us towards uh, thought speak. <laughs> he's trying to get us to... The point where we're using like d- oh double plus good. He's trying to get us to transcend, if you will. Whap, yeah. whap, whoa, whap, whap. whoa. Right. Uh, number one movies. Number one movies. All right, you know what mine is, baby. It's Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. Holy sh! I mean, uh, I don't even want to talk about why because we've talked about it a hundred times on the show already. We did a whole talk episode about, about it. We just talked it, about fucking Johnny Depp. So unbelievably cinematic. The. I, Remember when I said Creed might be the most movie movie of the year? I lied. I because I, I just remembered that this is the most movie movie I may have ever seen in my entire life. It's I'm insane. holding my headphones <laughs> tight he to my holding. head because I'm trying to keep my brain from like <laughs> leaking out from my ears to go watch Mad Max Fury Road right now while my head continues talking to you. Now, if if you went to the movie yeah. and then pulled that out and all your ears, the brain's flat ears, you could probably be a character in that movie. <laughs> probably could. Because the characters are crazy designed visually. Uh, and the, it's, it's a perfect movie. It really, really is. It, the, the look of it, the feel of it, the sound of it, the, the performances in it, the story itself, what it's about, all of the things that it's about, because I think it's about so much. But Chief among them for me is, uh, it sounds weird to say, but a movie called Mad Max Fury Road might be the best movie about women this year, at least for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has so much to say about women and masculinity and men and femininity. And here's the best part is the balance it doesn't between fucking the two. Say it. it shows it. It shows it all. And it, it programs it into you in a way where you're like, that makes so much more sense than any, everyone just bickering yes. at me. Yeah. In fact, every time Tom Hardy tries to talk, he just fucking mumbles anyway, so you can't understand yep. it to begin with. It's, they shut him up and move, put him on a motorcycle. Holy shit. This movie, it's so impressive on every level. And I want George Miller to make every movie he's ever desired to make until he can't physically make a movie anymore. Until he I, becomes one with the movie. I, I, I want to see every idea he's ever had. Like what if screen. he was like, I'm going to do Lorenzo's Oil <laughs> 2. Yeah. The Oiler. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, you're right. I might not want to see that movie. He's uh, like, his brother gets it. It's going to be called Vincenzo's Oil. <laughs> what? Uh, 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 
Actually, he's just making olive oil for the for his family. <laughs> Vincenzo's Vincenzo's oil available in Ninth Ninth Street Market. It's just an Olive Garden commercial. Like, what's happening? George <laughs> Miller's lost his mind. Yeah. Surf and penguins. What do you think about that? Yeah. Gonna, I don't know why he's that character now. Yeah. Well, because he made that surf and penguin movie. But man, oh man, one of my friends, uh, he was on the show before. Kevin Kevin Kaler Kevin said Kaler. this to me the second time he saw Mad Max. Yes. He said, "Man, that movie is a brick fucking wall." <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. Uh-huh. It's a brick fucking wall. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's I just uh I I I truly can't believe it got made. Mm-hmm. I can't say that about any other movie this year. I can't think of another movie I could say that about in the last 5 years. I can't believe this movie got made and it's incredible. And I hope it I hope to god it encourages studios to try some shit every oh, once yeah. in a while. You've got more money than God. Place a bet. Yeah. Because when it pays off, it fucking pays off big. This is one of the biggest payoffs like of my life, maybe. I, it, like, ju- such a fantastic experience at the movies. I, I, I don't know if you can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. I, I love this movie. He's I absolutely love it. Glowing. It, it. It has so much to say and is so endlessly entertaining in the way that it says it. I love it. I love it too. And Charlie's Theron is fucking awesome. Furiosa is an amazing character. She's uh, she has one arm. Yeah, yeah, badass. Uh, yeah. Uh, great effect too. Uh, that's you know. oh, definitely a great yeah. effect. That's that's a movie that I would say was completely transportative. Yes, it was one where as soon as it started, I was there and oh, yeah. it was horrifying. Yep. And then suddenly the lights come on. And you're like, Jesus Christ! Did I just get in a fight? And then you start thinking about the fight and what it meant and. It sticks with you. There's more to it. I've seen it three times. And if you want to vacuum every word out of it and have none of the characters look at each other or do anything and just show the car chases, it would still be one of the best movies of the last decade. It's thrilling. It's awesome. It's thrilling. Uh, I mean, I I didn't put it on my list, but when people think back on 2015, they're going to think of it as the year of Star Wars and Mad Max. I think so. Uh, In general, I think it's going to be the year of the, I heard somebody coin this term, might have been Matt Singer actually, the legacy sequel. Which is the yep. sequel to sort of a long dormant franchise. And the only Creed, one that Star Wars failed was Jurassic Max, Park. Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. Star Terminator. Wars was good. Terminator. Oh yeah, Terminator kind of crapped yep. out. Yep. I, we, I, I know we enjoyed that the new Terminator. Uh, yeah, well we had fun with that. It was, yeah, it was fine. Uh, you know, I guess technically you could say the same thing about the Marvel movies, although they're not really resurrections of dormant franchises or anything. Fast and Furious Seven. But yeah, yeah, oh, that wasn't long dormant. Not dormant necessarily. Yeah, still, yeah. I mean, we the, learned the fact that, that, that they're that long. There were three seventh movies laid like, it out. And and we're all fucking good. And they were all good. Like all good. And the other one was a four. And it was the one that's getting like movie of the year by <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Yep. No ain't no slouch. Just yeah. because Mad Max wasn't on my list doesn't mean it oh, didn't no. deserve to be at the top of it. Hundred percent. I just knew there was there, you wanted to highlight, I think, some other things. I wanted to highlight the year some too. other things because it's like, yeah, I we think all that saw connected that. with you more. We maybe all too. loved it. Yeah. You know? And 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 it, it did connect with me, but I don't know if it connected to me as personally as on a lot of people, but it just it's it's an awesome movie. It's just thrilling, yeah. Hit me but, with your uh, number one. You've been you've number been number one. You've been try, you've been hiding this from me all day. Here we are at number one. Uh huh. And I'm as surprised as you. Uh huh. When I first saw Slow West, are I you? knew I'd seen okay. something special, <laughs> but I didn't realize how long the film would stick with me. Not a day has gone wow. by where I haven't found myself ruminating on one aspect of the film or another. It's a simple story told with confidence and style. Not a pixel goes unutilized in any shot, and McLean gives it a hypnotic, dreamlike feel. There are moments it could be argued that didn't actually happen, or maybe they did. It doesn't matter. It's a parable of perception versus reality made literal, and all le- and it all leads to a bleak climax that is more thematically challenging than any Western I have ever seen. There are no half measures here. 
yet not an ounce of it is exploitative. McLean mirrors his music career, most, mo- most notably with the beta band, by exhibiting artisan craftsmanship bolstered by a willingness to be ethereal and surreal. Slow West simultaneously excites and relaxes me. It's the type of film that is immediately enjoyable, but has enough class and ambiguity to invite many a rewatch. And at a lean, economical 84 minutes, it's an easy one to put on before bed. Yippee-ki-yay. I, I'll say this. I said it the last time we talked about this movie. I saw it like way earlier in the year. Totally enjoyed this movie. Wasn't crazy about it. And then like six months later, everybody else saw this movie mm. and went crazy for it. So I really want to rewatch it and see if maybe I'm, good. I'm missing something. It's just... It's it's just that this kid has one view of what's going on mm-hmm. and one view of why his mission mm-hmm. is what it is. And Fassbender's got a totally different view of yep. what's going on. And the way that that ends on just the level of their characters yeah. is is very big and, and bold in the terms of the Old West hero trying to find his lover. Mm-hmm. Has this amazing, amazing climactic yes. uh, set of violence that's done in a particularly artistic and just soul-crushing way it, it, it got me but it's very funny oh yeah um it takes place in an old west that i believe is shot somewhere in europe mm-hmm. because it just doesn't look american yeah there's like but a magical realism to, a to it in a magical weird way realism. Right? yeah I, I, did you say that in your review I think it and i just repeated you yeah because um, that's totally what it is it, it, it has like just a yeah it's it's slightly it has surreal. something there yeah. there's one part where they run or they run into these three guys and it's three black men sitting in a field singing mm-hmm. and they're singing in french Right, and the boy, you know, rolls up and stops, and Fassbender just keeps going, not even paying attention to him. And they're like, "Hey, you, you like our song?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was awesome." And he, they say it in French, and right. he responds in French, and it's this nice moment. And then they ride along, and it's never mentioned again. And you're wondering, did this happen? Right, or was it just representative of? him thinking about this wonderful place in America. Right. Because to me, I'm watching it. If that's your fantasy, three black men singing together in America, I hate to break it to you, things aren't good for them. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. In, in the Old West, it's yeah. just not, that's that's not what's happening out here. And uh, so it's just this weird, like, this kid, he's chasing this girl who he is madly in love yep. with, and maybe she doesn't even see it that way. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's all this perception versus reality, and I love the 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 juxtaposition of this young heart that's willing to imagine and hope and complete his mission because it's the good, right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And this older guy who's just like, world's fucked up, kid, but oh, you got yeah. money, so I'll help you out. Uh-huh. And He's uh, a Han Solo character. He, I, I feel that, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything too much, but I feel like the cowboy learned more from the other kid by mm-hmm. the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't, it just, it just got I got to watch it again. I, I would love so to give good. that movie another shot. Can we talk about how... Kind of weird it actually is, but really cool that on your top ten this year are three westerns. Three westerns, that's, two of which have Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's one of the, like the most classic American Hollywood genres of movies that has kind of been dormant for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. they pop up here and there. Yeah, little things. True Grit, Three Ten to Yuma. Right, but I can't think of a year where we've had this many and that they were all that good. All good. Like good. It's one of those. Uh, I I know that uh, Steven Spielberg was talking about how he thinks the superhero movie will fade right. very soon. And the thing he said, he goes, "It's like westerns. Yep. People loved westerns. Now we don't see them. Yep. Well, I loved a lot of westerns this year. I'll ride a wave of westerns for a while. Yeah. I'll absolutely ride a wave I, of westerns. Yeah. I, great year for westerns. I can't believe that's your number one. I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't believe it either. Yeah. I got there and I started thinking about it. Yeah. And just the more and more I worked on the list, the more and more I thought, no movie entertained me so much yeah 
it it made me very happy to watch. Interesting. But I was really feeling into the characters. Yeah. I felt scared by this world, but I couldn't wait to be there because it was just so wonderful. It was a softened version of the West, but not yeah. really. It was just as cruel. It's just bravura filmmaking from a first-time filmmaker from a band that I love. Right. Just doing amazing stuff filled with actors that I love. It was just so good. Fair and enough. It was just peaceful and action-packed when it needed to be, and it's... It's short. I mean, there there are themes that you can pull out of it, like I said, like oh, yeah. perception versus reality and all that. But if you just want to watch a bing bang boom eighty minute western, which they used to just pump out, uh-huh. this is the classy one. That's yeah, okay. It's good. Yeah, right. good, good, and it's funny as shit. Yeah, I think Bone Tomahawk's funny as shit. I think Bone Tomahawk's much funnier, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to watch that movie before bed because I'm going to get up all angry at cannibal people. It Listen, it might be the only thing on my top 10 list in 2016 because it might be the only thing I watch next year over and over and over and over again. Bone Tomahawk! Bone Tomahawk! Oh, we love you so... Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I kind of want to look back on our to- our mid midway point through the year top 10 and just see what made it and what got knocked off. So I had Mad Max at number one, mid midpoint in the year. It stayed there. Ex Machina was number two. That bumped down like a slot. It Follows went a little further down my list. Fury 7 got knocked off. Kingsman got knocked off. What We Do in the Shadows got knocked off. <laughs> Chappie got knocked off. Oh, Chappie uh, had to go. But by the way, these are all movies I liked like quite a bit. Uh, obviously, they were on my list. Uh, Kingsman was... I actually rewatched recently because I was like, was that good enough to make my list? Not quite, but... Uh, Definitely worth the rewatch. It's a lot of fun. I would uh, watch Kingsman again. Yeah, Fury Seven is was actually a hard cut. Believe it or not, I I went through it. Right, I went through it. Believe it or not, a hard cut. Well, it you was, know it, it came was down one of the best movies this year. It was with after Mad Max and that I was like, if I'm gonna pick one action movie, yeah. it's gonna have to be Mad Max. Yes, by the end of yeah, hundred like, percent. That's, the that's one, you know? yeah. I had the same thought. Um, but uh, that is no knock to Fury Seven because I really liked Fury. I can't believe how much I liked Fury Seven. It's still like kind of unreal to me. It's got Kurt Russell, uh-huh. no mustache, no, but he likes to offer people beer. So you know, <laughs> it's a, he's a cowboy. So I need to text this out. I actually just got some uh, distressing news. You know, when you have a uh, celebrity death and you want to be the first to tell everybody. Uh-huh. Um, I should research this first, but apparently, one of my heroes, Motorhead's Lemmy. Oh, no. Has passed away. Oh. Um, That's sad. That is sad, but I mean, what an awesome fucking rocking guy. I'm kind of looking to see if I can toss out any uh, honorable mentions. Well, I have some honorable mentions, but I want to look at my uh, list for last year. Yeah. I had zero motivation, did not make it. A girl walks home alone at midnight, really wanted it, couldn't do it. Yeah. Ex Machina, there. Wild Tales, gone. Yep. Ultron gone. Yep. White God, tough cut, gone. <laughs> Gotta see that. Mad Max, extremely tough cut, gone. Furious 7 gone. Duke of Burgundy, absolutely in what we do in the shadows is number one. Love it. Uh, so a couple honorable mentions for me uh, were both Creep and Faults. Okay. I really liked both of those movies. Uh I I don't know that they ever would have been in contention for my top 10 necessarily. I just liked those movies a lot, and uh, I recommend them. I think people should see those movies. Uh, and they're both available on Netflix, uh, Creep and Faults. Uh, Straight Outta Compton was a great movie this year, I thought. Mm. Um, I liked The Visit quite a bit. I thought The Visit was pretty decent. Uh, what else did I have on here? Um, my honorable mentions. I can list them off for you right here. Please. The Walk. Uh, the Walk was an awesome, awesome theatrical experience, and it's a shame a lot of people missed it. Yeah. Uh, the Diary of a Teenage Girl, first-time filmmaker, Marielle Heller, adapting right. a uh, graphic novel. 
very I've heard that's great. Uh, I want to direct see and funny look at you know like the the coming of age teenage girl is always snarky and Juno. Yeah, this one's not. She's a teenage girl as as you know as has never been depicted in film before. It's cool. Yeah. And it's got very uh upsetting subject matter. Uh Steve Jobs was a Steve tough cut for me actually. For me. I, that was a great script, a really well directed movie. Big cut. Mission Impossible was actually kind of a hard cut for me. That was in contention just I thought it was like a really for, okay, in a year when we had a, also a shitload of spy movies, that, that was, was a good one. that was one of the best. I I uh Four always beats five on that series for me. Fair enough. Uh, I had end of the tour. Bridge of Spies made it to the very end. Oh, interesting. Bridge of Spies is a good movie. Yeah, I want to see it. This is another one where I will invoke that quote from Tim Roth again. Justice delivered without dispassion is always in danger of not being justice. It's a Cold War story. And Tom Hanks is the insurance lawyer sent his task with making a prisoner trade. And so it's shady stuff. A lot of people don't trust each other. And there's so many easy way outs that the government is like, no, you can just take that. It's good enough. We win that. And he's like, no, no, no. Well, let's. We have to do this right, you know. And the reason yeah. he's even taking this case is because it's right. It's a good movie. Uh, um, I wanted to shout out Crimson Peak. Finally saw that and really enjoyed Crimson Peak. Nice. Um, I wanted to shout. Oh, I really wanted to shout out. Um, uh, what was it called? The Gift. Uh, oh yeah, like not one of the best of the year, but just a um, a sleeper for me. Absolutely, you know, um, a really good movie that I don't think people necessarily expected to be good, and people should check it out. Spotlight was another one that mm-hmm. is totally you should see that. Love and Mercy was very oh, close yeah, to being on that. my list. It's great, but you know as it goes. And if you want to see the the documentary version of that kind of film for this year, Amy was a very good documentary. Very very good. Yeah, and uh, wouldn't have made my list. My final honorable mention though. Is uh, I had White God in there, so it was uh, the Look of Silence. Oh yeah, I didn't see that follow up to Mm -hmm. the Act Act of of Killing. Killing. Yeah, it's good. I liked Act of Killing better because it was more to my sensibilities of them using it as film. But yeah, this is just straight up a dude interviewing guys who killed his brother. Huh? But he's giving him an eye exam. (laughs) Okay, it's wild. Wow, it's good though, and not wild in terms of like oh it's fucked. Right, right, right. It's like you're gonna get something from it. Interesting. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the weirdest movie I saw this year, Assassination Classroom, which is a mm. Japanese movie about. I have to pee so bad that you just keep talking about Assassination Go for Classroom. it. Uh, it's about a weird alien that uh, blows up the moon uh, and then uh, comes to Earth and says he's going to destroy Earth one year from now. Uh, however, uh, over the course of that year, he is going to. He would like to take on a classroom of high school children uh, and train them to assassinate him. And if they can succeed in assassinating him before the end of the year, uh, he will spare the Earth. Uh, it's very bizarre. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, another honorable mention for me that I did want to bring up is technically a short film, the uh, the crowdfunded Kung Fury. I'm only bringing it up because uh, of the, what, uh, how many did I see? About 60, 60 movies this year, I think. 70, 60 or 70 movies this year. Uh, it's like halfway down the list as one of my favorite films. It is better than quite a few of the full-length films I saw this year. Kung Fury is a delight. Uh, I, I finished Assassination Classroom and said, I want to bring up Kung Fury because at a half hour in length, of the 70 movies I saw this year, it's like halfway down the list. It's better than half of the full-length movies I saw this year. Yeah. I enjoyed Kung Fury quite a average. bit. I got to tell you guys this. I was actually just introducing my girlfriend to this concept the other night. Um, I have this weird thing that I do. I'm going to share it with the world right now. Yep. Every time I pee, I count. And I'm just constantly 
you know, like every time you pee, count how long it is. Okay. And try to remember your longest pee. <laughs> okay. And uh, my longest pee is 24 seconds. Okay. And l- it's been that forever. Literally just now, uh-huh. 25 seconds. Whoa! Hey! So I just broke my pee record. Woo! So uh, cha-ching, cha-ching. Truly the best of 2015. The best story of 2015. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned it earlier, but Wild Tales and White God and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night are all very big ones for me. I wanted to shout out Turbo Kid as just one another weird movie from this year that I enjoyed. This is the big one that I wanted to get to. This was probably my hardest cut from the list. And I think part of the reason I cut it is because I really still don't know how to feel about this movie. But that's also kind of why I wanted it on my list. I kind of can't believe I like this movie because it's got some ideas in it that are so complicated to me that really make me feel a certain way. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it Knock Knock? It's Knock Knock. Yeah, that was a very big one for me too. I I almost put that in the Green Inferno and I was like, if I have to pick one, it'll be Knock Knock. Yeah. But then it just went out. I, I (laughs) I think I loved Knock Knock and partially because... Like, it really makes me wrestle, not necessarily with my feelings regarding any of what's depicted in it, The f- more like its opinion on some of those things. Like, I normally want to just, like, rail so hard against certain depictions of, of sexism and things like that. But I don't in this movie because it's not entirely clear to me that it's not just a commentary on those things. I think there's an argument that it could be. I think there's also an argument that it is playing into those things. Mm. The fact that I don't know makes me think it's one of the most fascinating fucking movies I've ever seen. I mean, it's certainly it is a loose remake of an earlier film from what I understand. Okay. But, you know, the the... The shell of that movie has existed in many, sure, many old sure. Grindhouse movies. Yeah. That that does exist. Oh, yeah. But this is another one where it's brought up in a way that... that you know, it's modernized in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think it uses our cultural understandings of how stuff like that works now yeah. as the point of horror. Yeah. Which is a really cool update. Yes. And it's this is another one that I would say... Uh, to help open the door more to the hateful eight for you. Yeah, yeah. Is here's a movie where there's no hero. No. Yeah. Um they lead you down the path that someone may be right or right. wrong, but by the end of it, everybody's really wrong in yeah. a really big way. Yes. And you're disgusted. Yes. But the takeaway that you're getting from watching these disgusting people is bigger than any one character and he's the character. I, I think that's true. You know, and I feel that's how I feel about the hateful eight. And, and you know what really kind of sold me on the movie ultimately, and um if you think about it, it's actually a lot of movies have trouble doing this. This movie sticks its landing in a big, bad way. <laughs> oh, yeah. The final punchline of the movie made me cackle wildly out loud. Yeah, and then feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it is the ultimate dismantling of the male fantasy, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's uh, completely pulled apart. Yeah. And the, the final straw, I mean, it is him. Yeah. It, it, oh. uh, uh, that was when I was like, okay, maybe this movie does know what it's doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I think it does have something to say and, and, and mostly on the right side of it i think um but I, I can't stop thinking about that ending i love it it's so funny to me mm-hmm. i love it so much well it's like you your life is shit yeah so now i'm gonna kick kick you one more time yeah like, that is like well yeah i don't want to say too much yeah i know, no, I, know. I think you're <coughs> excuse me, you're absolutely right and it's i i found myself thinking about that all the time mostly because the way it's set up uh-huh the way keanu reeves life is it's yep. easy to insert yourself in it because yep. it's a bit of a fantasy life yep. 
And so it's very easy to go along with him and go, oh, I would make that decision. And it's uh, you very know, funny and entertaining it's very as funny he's and getting into that decision. It continues then, to be funny and entertaining, but especially in that moment. Oh, as I think. he's getting into it, yeah. it's, it's always funny. It's yep. always entertaining. And you do believe that his character is a certain way. Uh-huh. And you do believe that you would behave the way you want him uh-huh. to behave. But he doesn't behave that way. Nope. And you wonder if you would. Uh-huh. I don't know. I know. And it's like... But when you see what happens, uh-huh. now I know I know how I'd play it now. Uh-huh. I know exactly how I'd play it now. Uh-huh. You can wait out in the rain, ladies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. It's, it's wild. Uh, I oh, it's good. I think I loved it. I really think I loved it. And it was a really hard cut for my list because I ju- I was wrestling so hard with what I really think about it and how I really feel about it. But again, that's also kind of what maybe you want to put it on the list. I think that's a mark of a great well, movie. It's essentially on some list. We just went yeah. off about it. I think I think that's a mark of a great movie. One more thing I wanted to touch on, and I, I don't know if you'll have any. You might be able to do this from memory. I use this site Flickchart, and I, I you know I, I rate movies all the time. And what I've been doing late, what I've been doing the last couple of weeks is sort of rating just my 2015 movies mm. to help myself figure out how I feel about them, where they are. Now my list did not match up to how my list prints out from this website. I you know I fine tuned it and stuff, but. What I wanted to talk about was some of the bottom of my list for the year. Because oh. I'm curious if you have any thoughts. We normally don't, you know, hate on things, but I, I had a few things. Vacation. Okay. Didn't see it, but fair enough. Is that on there? It's a, I, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. I didn't pr- Yeah, oh, this okay. is just my list. This Dumb is my. And Dumber 2. Oh, that was last year. That was last year? Um, the bottom of this year? Yeah. It was such a good year. Uh, I Listen. We saw one of them together. That's oh, like literally the bottom of my list, except that dumb movie circle I watched on Netflix. That's the very bottom of my list. We watched it together. Was I mean? We went to see Focus together, baby, and holy oh, shit, shit, was that movie bad? Yeah, that was not a good movie. Really unfocused. Really unfocused. Yeah, terrible. Too focused. So focused that it forgot to give details. Yeah, it was just focused on. It did Will use Smith's the word focus ads. about a hundred times in the Which, first five I gotta minutes. Say, she was what nineteen, and Will <laughs> yeah. Smith's what like fifty. Uh-huh. Little gross. Uh huh. Little bit gross. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thanks, Elvis. <laughs> uh, Jupiter ascending is way low on my list. I know you oh, would yeah. probably have it higher. Um, I don't think it would have made it very for sheer high creativity. I know you liked a, it. Yeah, and I mean, it's. I had fun watching it. Yeah. I haven't thought about it once since. Yeah, I did not um, like that movie. My my thing with that is it would definitely be towards the bottom of my list just because of all the great shit that's drowning it out. Yeah, and yeah. There's like a ton of shit. Project Almanac was really low for me. I didn't really like that movie. I really wanted to see it. Uh, I want. I, I also real quick wanted to throw out some of my big disappointments of the year. I was excited for American Ultra. I didn't think that really held up to be much. Uh, I thought both Ant-Man and Avengers this year were rather disappointing for me. I didn't think Marvel had a great year. Uh, Inside Out, I was very disappointed by, but mostly I think that fell victim to hype. It was just like hype to me as yeah. this like incredible thing that I just did not think it was. I did not uh, see Inside Out, and I really want to because I know it's one of those things, but I know I'm going to sound like a cold soul. Yeah. I don't generally give a shit about Pixar movies. That's fine. It's weird. Yeah. I, every time I see them... I am over the moon for them. Yep. I love them. Yep. Monsters, Inc. is yep. so good. I, the Incredibles is one of my favorite things. I know Inside Out is going to wash over me and, and take me there. I'll do you a favor but and tell you... you got to tie me down to watch it. I, I, I'll do you a favor and tell you I agree with you. I, I don't generally get that excited about Pixar movies. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's their cartoons, and it's not that I don't like cartoons, but they're they're definitely intended for children. It's not yeah, that they're yeah, bad. Yeah. They're very good. Uh, it's not that they're not funny. They tend to be funny. And when I, I just reject as you said, <laughs> when, when I do see them, I enjoy them. 
that's not really what I'm leaving my house to go to the theater for, though. Exactly. Uh, that's just what and it is. And when I'm at home, and it's like, oh, you have the option to watch this. I'm like, yeah. I'd rather watch Ghostbusters again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it ju- exactly. It's just how it is for me. Exactly. Um, I, uh, yeah. And I was just disappointed by it. Um, some other big disappointments for me this year uh, were Sicario and The Revenant. Two, probably, uh, if you ask me at the beginning of the year, two of the movies I was most excited for. And neither were bad. Yeah. Uh, they just, I, I thought, I, I thought the Revenant was super heavy handed and ultimately hollow because it was so heavy handed. By the time you get to the end of the two and a half hour runtime, it's like, you have been beating me over the head at this point only to just have a one sentence. This is what my movie's about. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, I found, I mean, but it I was found beautiful. Enjoyment it, in it was beautiful. Every shot had a moment of how the shit did yeah. they do that? Yes. It was really good. But I mean, it's, it's a, it's a complaint that I've lodged at past inner E2 movies. Yeah. Um, I thought Beautiful was a very good movie, yeah. But it, I, I had no emotional connection. It's with hollow, it. It, and I, so I wouldn't say hollow though. I mean, yeah. like, there's beats there, and yeah. My, my, what I'm so torn about the Revenant is, had they spent more time developing the characters, mm-hmm. the ultimate resolution to the whole thing would have had more punch. It I felt think so. More satisfying, but if you put all of this character stuff, you know, in the middle of it wrongly, yeah. you lose that pace. That's true. And that movie for being so long has a breakneck pace. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't pull my eyes away from it and I, I was consistently gasping. Yeah. So if that was the effect that they wanted, then it's a good review. Yeah. But in terms of what I expected, it's a middling review. I just didn't get a lot out of it. Yeah, I exactly. Know. I didn't I didn't and I, mean, I, I, I could see the spiritual journey that they were trying to take him on that is not as explicit as sort mm. of the, the true theme of the movie. I also think there's it's it's sort of representative of like a spiritual journey, sort of preparing oneself for death kind of in a way. Dead Man did that uh, a thousand oh, yeah. times better than I think this movie did. I think it. they should have just done this all about the survival. Actually, if this was it didn't just, need to be a this was the Martian story. in the woods. Yeah. You know, and just dealing with the locals that don't yeah. like him, the animals that show up, just... That would be awesome. It didn't need to be a vengeance story, and I'll I'll do you one. Uh, I don't think I have anything in my flick chart from this year. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, I, I I will. Uh, so apparently, uh, that guy didn't even have a child. Uh, that's like one of the things about the true story that they flexed. He didn't even have mm-hmm. a kid. And I believe in the true story, he came back and forgave. Yeah, uh, that might be true. Uh, I know for sure he was, uh, you know, it's like a treacherous journey he took that was a very long time, and it was because he was deserted. But, it, you know, the, the vengeance he was looking for wasn't necessarily against, like, a specific man uh, who, you know, had a conflict with his child, we'll say. Mm-hmm. You know, because he didn't even have a child. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's like it didn't need that vengeance storyline yeah. necessarily. It didn't. Um, it didn't need it. It should have just been a survival yeah, story. Yeah. There was another one that was kind of like with Gravity where it was like, I appreciated the extra yes, the emotional story. thing. I they, did like mm-hmm. that. I think yep. it worked. Yep. But it might have been leaner had they just gone That's disaster, what I've always said. You know? That should just be a fucking roller coaster through a space disaster. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's all the stakes I need. That's it. Uh, yeah, for this it would have been just survival. Yeah. I do... Uh, the, the joke that I made immediately after seeing it was, if this was made by Ver- like if this was a Werner Herzog movie, we'd all be freaking out. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But if it was a Werner Herzog movie, it would probably be a better movie. I think so. Yeah. That being said, Tom Hardy's Klaus Kinski role, uh-huh. he, like, he that's what he's doing here, and uh-huh. he's doing it awesome. Yeah, he was he was, he was really good. Yeah, and and Domino Gleason, Dom- Domino Rally Gleason, who's been in every movie this year, every single goddamn every movie. movie, and he's, he's great. He's Domino Rally. He's great. Domino Rally Gleason. I'm getting that to stick. Yep. I've gotten Shulaboo. That yep. stuck. Yep. I've gotten Chewbacca Etch Sketch. That uh-huh. stuck. Uh-huh. 
And uh, Domino Rally Gleason. I'm trying to get Walmartburg into the into the lexicon. Ooh, Walmartburg. I like Walmartburg a lot. I said that on accident That's one night, and really it's got to stick. good, because it sounds like Walmart. Uh-huh. It's, it's but Walmart Walmart Burger. Yeah. I, I always fuck up Burgess Meredith, and I say <laughs> Burgess Meredith. But because uh, I'm always like, oh, Burgess Meredith. Ah, Meredith's a name. Burgess is a Meredith's not a name. And then I, you know, that whole shit. But Fair I don't enough. have a fake one for him, because he's dead. Me. Uh, any other thoughts on 2015? Um, I mean, what was that word that that you used to describe the uh, legacy? Uh, oh, legacy sequeled. Legacy sequeled. I uh, that was the theme this year. Mm-hmm. I think uh, politics amongst the genders was the theme this yes. year. Um, and I think uh, and I think there was a decent amount of of look into yourself where you may find these flaws that we've all kind of been culturally to believe we don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Americans, we're perfect. We're the greatest country in the world. No, we're flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, as people, you know, I, I, I think I'm a wonderful guy, mm-hmm. but I'm flawed. Mm-hmm. There are problems. And when we take our flaws and we start aggressing them at one another rather than addressing them to one another. Oh, you like that? I read a lot of fortune cookies. <laughs> um, I eat a lot of Chinese food. Uh, but when that happens, you know the the communication always works better than than putting up fences and kicking people out of communication. Your country and that's like that. that's uh, communication yeah. is a very big key. And yeah. if last year's theme we stumbled across was surveillance, uh-huh. I uh-huh. think this can work in some way in response to that communication. Yeah. yeah, we saw all about how if people could just communicate what their needs and desires were, we don't have to m- live in a hellscape of highway yeah. traffic and guitar bombs. <laughs> you know, uh, we saw that if. Uh, but we see the other side of it too. Uh-huh. You know, when we start wanting to communicate, we start making new methods of how to communicate. Yep. We become closer to the concept of God, and we yeah. have something like Ex Machina. Yeah, that says that a white God earlier Chappie. this year. These dogs get smart. You know, there's Chappie. I I actually really like. Chappie. I did too, actually. I enjoyed I don't it know quite why a bit. People find it so like rotten to them. And no, people mm-hmm. seem to have this weird. Rot- I guess it's just a feel thing. Perfect three star. But even movie. that is about you know you you. It, what is what is real? What is life? What is mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. And and. I don't know. I think those are all themes that come across. And yeah. They all tie in. Yep. You know, I think the biggest battle, you know, hey, my wife said, take my wife, please. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Boys do this. Girls do this. Yeah. All that style of humor just comes from the fact of like, we've all got our differences. We've all got our strengths and weaknesses, but we could just talk to each other right. rather than more. bitch at each other. Yeah. You know, communicate. Yeah. I like that. It's a, it's, to it's me, a it was like uh, the year of the leading lady. That's a big thing for me. Absolutely. And it's huge. Yep. And it's um, wonderful. So I, it's awesome to me. I think that the, the fact that I, there were so many movies on my list this year that are about women and feature like great parts for women and leading ladies. And the fact that, listen, I, you know, I, I, I certainly, I, I guess I'm a feminist in some way. I, I guess if you were to listen to me on the show and the Absolutely. way I, I talk about women and defend them, but I'm not watching romantic you know it's not like stories about women are quote unquote for me you know like Carol is like a thing where I was like I don't know if I want to see that movie Mm -hmm. I don't care about that I'm sure if I saw it I would love it Um, the fact that and the fact that I love these movies about women I I don't necessarily relate to that but they were great movies Mm -hmm. about women and I got that in Diary of a Teenage Girl you really should see that you you would love that and to me it's like that's great that that helps me as a man maybe come to some better greater understanding I don't know it's just I think that's uh, yeah I I, I love it Um, it, that was a big deal to me it's also the year of hope I think which is great after a year that was so much about hopelessness Mm -hmm. you know Um, I think you should actually watch Tomorrowland yeah Uh, I do need to see that I saw Tomorrowland it was I mean it's it's not a bad movie right 
It's definitely not fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Some of it feels a little rushed and well, stuff. Like hack but meat or something? It yeah. reminded me of just what Tomorrowland was before right. it was ever a thing. And it was, the come hope on for the down future. to Tomorrowland. Look at all these cool things in the future. Yeah. The idea of Tomorrowland is what brings us to things like mm-hmm. jetpacks and flying skateboards well, and, and it gets all us that. to the moon. It gets us to the moon. It gets us to Mars. It gets yeah. Mark Watney back. Yeah. It's, but, I mean, that's exactly yes. the testament I'm talking about in yep. Hope. Like, you can do it. Fuck. I just posted my review for Where to Invade Next, yeah. the, the Michael, Moore. Michael Moore movie. And here's a guy who made a career out of saying, this is why America's bad. Isn't it awful? I can't save it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I liked a lot of his movies, but a lot of times they came out just being like, well, we're doomed. Why do we even want to fucking right, save this place? Right. His newest movie, Where to Invade Next, is the most hopeful thing I've ever seen, <laughs> where he does the same kind of thing like, this is fucked up, this is fucked up, this is fucked up, this is fucked up. But did you ever think about this? Right. These people are doing it, and it works. They got that idea from us, maybe and we, we can, don't do it anymore. You maybe know? we could try and go back to that. We can fix that. And all doing so while just looking like a fat American. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, but it's, it's the same thing. If yeah. Michael Moore can feel hope and yeah. transcend it to me mm-hmm. via a movie, there's some hope out there, and the movies are representing it. It's yeah. awesome. I love that about this year. And, and this was just a great year for movies. Uh, mm-hmm. like that, I would love to close on that. Like, What a great year for movies. You said you had 30 movies. Like, you were like... I saw about 150 movies this year. When I went to make my top 10, I got to 30. 30. And I didn't know what to cut. It took me the last two weeks. Yep. Oh, my God. And and uh, I'll tell you this. like I, I saw about half as many movies as you did. Uh, and when I started trying to make my list, there were a good, I would say, 15 strong contenders, maybe even 20. Mm. And I had trouble cutting a few of them. Uh, that's strong. Like Think about that. That. It's not even like I saw a huge sample of movies, necessarily. I saw so many movies that immediately upon getting out of the theater, I was like, that's on my list. Yeah. And when I did like the ones that I remembered from memory, I was like, shit, I'm at 25. We didn't even talk about Star Wars. And like, of course, it's not on our list. It's like, of course. What what do you mean? Where am I going to put it? Yeah. Uh, Where where does that go on your list? You know? I I mean, what was weird is I thought at first I was going to do a caveat of just, I'm going to disqualify it because it's Star Wars. It's going to be its own thing. It's been talked like, what what are we going to do? Help talk it to death? Whatever. But it occurred to me that it didn't make my list. I agree with you. Yeah. I 100% agree. I'm I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. It, it was the f- it was my first fandom. The mm-hmm. first thing I loved as a child, Star Wars. And I really really liked The Force Awakens. I saw it twice already. I really I'm going to see it again in theaters. Nice. nice. Uh, I should see it again. At, at least, least once. I, I I could tell you that. It was great. It was really really great. I saw at least 10 better movies this year. Mhm. That's think about that. That's awesome. In July. I watched Mad Max, yep. and I said, this is the one to beat. Yep. This is the best movie of 2015, and I don't know how anyone's going to top it. It's not even on your list. It would be number 12 right now. Yeah. And that's not because it's bad. No. Because I still mean everything I said there. It's not bad, Max. But uh, it's not bad, Max. I'm mad that Max couldn't come, but, <laughs> you know, it's a... Uh, it's a long, furious road. <laughs> we, I mean, if Mad Max taught me anything, it's, hey, sometimes you just got to run straight the fuck into your problems, get <laughs> past them, and then run straight back into them from the other side. Yeah. And then you own the kingdom, yeah. or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> or at least you'll stop that real shitty milk business you're doing. That's disgusting. Ooh. And uh, But yeah, it's... But it didn't make my list. No. That's how good this year was. Because this year was incredible. It was, it was incredible. a really great year for movies. And I am excited... For movie, movie, 2016, baby. 2016. Yes. Oh yeah, this is the last one of the year. The last one of the year. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. And a Happy bone tomahawk to, to everybody, you. and a and a merry bone tomahawk to all of our holiday celebrations out there. That's great. We don't have to list like every holiday or no. do the happy because we'll we just own. say. Happy Merry, Merry Bone, Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk. And a Bone Tomahawk for you. And also and a with Bone you. Bone Tomahawk 
for we you. lift our tomahawks up. We lift our bone tomahawks up to the Lord. <laughs> I'm doing the church cues, which are apparently different. Oh. If John Mulaney's new special is to be believed, oh. if you haven't been to church in a while, study help. Okay. It's different. I got to get Neelan. Yeah. Um, so, uh, all yeah, right. So Kevin Neelan. He will teach you <laughs> everything you need to know about church. As his guru character from, um, what was the weed show called? A oh, Weeds? Weeds. That yeah, one? Yeah. <laughs> he was an accountant in that Did show. Did you hear my brain just do that? <laughs> what was the weed show? A oh, Weeds! What was the name of that movie about Grandma? Uh, that song about Grandma getting running over by a reindeer? Sleigh Bells. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Hot Rod? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's Grandma got run over by a reindeer. And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Um, we will be back at Philomoca on February. I can't quite remember. It's the 16th and or 17th. It's the th- Wednesday. Definitely not end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Oh, wait. That's December. That's December. <laughs> Hit me with February, baby. Come on. You can do it. If you know you how to use a, a calendar. Uh, if you ever had a, a catchphrase, I think it would be, baby. <laughs> you know the 17th of February. That's it. The third Wednesday, right? Third Wednesday. Third Wednesday. Uh, and we are doing stoner movies. And we will be followed up by a great show called Weeding Out the Stone. We're just doing a big stoner theme night at Philomoca. Bunch of great shows about uh, <laughs> getting stoned. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do our game show that we love doing. We did a Star Wars one recently, and it was mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you to everybody who came. It was the came. best one we've ever done. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was Butter a lot of fun. Butt or hut, guys. Yeah. Butt or hut. Gold. Yeah. Golden, I say. Yes, it was. Can you determine if this pixel of one picture is a butt or a hut? You know, not a lot of people were good at that. Nope. nope, nope they nope. didn't even know it was Pizza no, Hut was when good. I put a Pizza Hut up. He put Pizza Hut up. Yeah, he, he did. Knew. That's right. He, he knew. knew it was Pizza Hut. And he knew Pizza the Hut. Of course he did. And then my buddy Mausner knew Dom DeLuise. <laughs> yeah. And so I gave him a Creed poster, but then Steve made the joke of Dom Cheese. so I gave Team Lights three more points. It was a wonderful night. It was fantastic. Creed uh, posters everywhere. You guys got to come out to see us at Philomoca third Wednesday every two months now. It'll be February, Wednesday, 17th, and we're doing Stoner Comic. Stoner movies this year. Stoner it's movies. Gonna, gonna be a lot of fun. Gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. It's with the number two, I Like Two Movie. Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. Please tweet us. Leave us a comment on our on our wall. What on are your Facebook. favorite movies of the year? Yeah. Uh, like the page on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. I Like Two Movie Movie with Dana Garrett. Uh, leave us a com- You know, leave us a little uh, rating and a, and a little uh, little subscription there. That'd be great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. You can find me on letterboxd.com slash Philadelphia where I review every damn movie I see. Dan, where you uh, I am available uh, most days and evenings um, for your movie reading about entertainment at a variety <laughs> of different social media outlets. Have you heard of Twitter? Well, I'm on it, so you better get on it yourself. All the kids is using it. <laughs> at Dan Scully. That's where you find me, Scully's, Scully with a C, because you want to see what I saw. So we're going to do... Um, and you know what I didn't see? Saw. <laughs> not gonna, okay. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook because I have a Facebook. I am on Letterboxd as well, also with the Dan Scully. I guess you can do the flick chart, Dan Scully. And lo and behold, Cinadelphia.com. Uh, uh, my top 10 list will be up on there. It's all up on the website now. So check that out and uh, check out the stuff that they do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Movie Movie Live, February 17th. Please come. Uh, and a merry bone tomahawk to you, audience. Oh, and a merry bone to- tomahawk to you, and a happy new bone tomahawk. Yes, we'll see you in 2016. We should sing uh, at, at the end of uh, at the end of uh, New Year's. Sure. Um, I'm trying to work. Uh, sh- should 
bone tomahawk beef. There's got to be a way that fits. Yeah, I got to call my buddy Weird Al. (laughs) We call him Weird Al because he makes parody songs of songs. His name is just Al. uh, Sorry, I was trying to figure (laughs) out how to make it a song too. It's it's you know what someone taught me the other day. What? Uh, Someone posted this on Twitter, and now I can't unhear it. And I'm gonna say it to you once now. And then you're going to think about it next Christmas. Okay. Because it'll stick forever. Yeah. They suggested that we start singing Deck the Halls like this. Ready? Deck the Halls with boughs of holly. 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> oh Tis the God. season to be jolly. 9-11 was an inside job. It fits so perfectly uh-huh. that anytime it came up at Christmas, I was like, 9-11 was <laughs> Crazy, right? Hey, we'll never forget now. Never forget. <laughs> uh, never forget. How many times have we made that joke on this podcast this oh, year, do you think? I forget. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because, because we, we like, like to movie. movie. Bone Tomahawk 2016. Oh, Bone Tomahawk. Bone fucking Tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs>